liberty lockdown please scan your barcode your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold where did it come from and where did it go it requires a fight not tweeting from your phone don't need a king get him off the fucking throne if you're riding with the thought you've always got a home the virus is scared of will come and it'll go the government knows just don't get treated like a hoe made it episode 100 goodness gracious what a ride thank you so much for the continued support sharing the message it's incredible what i've discovered the people i've met the things i've done it's just like it's all because of you so don't ever think that i'll forget it i can't even put into words how grateful i am as a special treat for episode 100 i sought out as deep a dive as I could possibly muster, and I think I found it. We got Matt Erickson, the host of Kingpilled and the co-host of Wealth, Power, and Influence with Jason Stapleton, as well as the arter, artist formerly known as Ven Armani, a.k.a. Cyprian. He's the co-founder at CounterMarkets, an instructor over at Bitcoin Mystery School, an author, a philosopher. Both these guys are just legends. So I think that you will find tremendous value in this conversation. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be hard, but that's what I sought out. And that's what, that's what you tune in for. I think sometimes is to get some new ideas and boy, did we find them this morning? I was on my friend Isaac Morehouse's show. It, I will retweet it when he puts it out, but it's going to be a great conversation. Basically it's a deep dive into what I've discovered through these 100 episodes, my path to get here. If you are interested at all, I think it will be tremendously educational for those that are interested in the podcasting world and for those that aren't. It's just a great conversation all the way around for business modeling, for evaluating yourself and, and your strengths and your weaknesses and you know everything in between. It's a, it's a really quality conversation. He happens to be the founder of our sponsor for tonight's episode, and that is, as always, The Daily Job Hunt. So if you are struggling to find a job of your dreams, please, now is the time. Now is the time. Go to crash.co backslash daily to sign up for free for the daily job hunt. It's a daily newsletter that hits your inbox every morning, gives you some information, some inspiration, a kick in your FNA to get going, brother. Get going. I'm telling you, this is a tremendous resource and it's free. So there's no excuses. If you are trying to get on a better career path, this is your spot. Again, go to crash.co backslash daily to sign up. Let's get into the show. Welcome, everybody, to a very special episode, episode 100, one year later from the inception of this show. I am now talking to two legends that can take us even deeper than we have already gone. I am thrilled to welcome, once again, formerly the artist formerly known as Ben Armani, <laughs> Cyprian. Uh, welcome. And then we also have Matt Erickson, who's the host of King Pilled and then the co-host of Wealth, Power, and Influence with Jason Stapleton. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming. Thank you, brother, for having me. Thank you put all my chips on the table. I feel as if I have more to learn from you guys in this particular conversation than, than the other way around. So I am going to probably be more quiet than not during this episode, which is kind of unusual for me. Um, but I'll just give kind of the, the pro Mises Caucus LP path argument. And then I would love for you guys to counter and destroy me if you so please. Um, so <clears throat> I actually, after talking with Cyprian, I, I feel like like there, I, I have kind of opted for a martyr path. <laughs> and and I, I think that that was the biggest warning that you were giving when, 
when we last spoke was that uh, you felt as if we were setting ourselves up for potential, you know, destruction, and that a lot of people don't understand that the, the path that they are taking in, in going this route. Um, I personally feel as if I do understand that, and that I am willing. So I think that that's, that's the first note I wanted to make from our, our last conversation. And then I think that there's an, another misconception that a lot of people believe that we are utilizing the LP or the Mises Caucus to actually win p- political power. And I listened to Matt's appearance on Freeman Beyond the Wall with Piquinones, and basically your stance being that unless you are pursuing pol- political power, there is no reason to use a political entity. I still, I still feel that there is value there in that you can, there is a, a veneer of legitimacy that is levied upon speakers that carry a political title as, you know, ridiculous and just absurd as that is, it does seem to have some sort of credence. And, and there have been moments now, granted it was in the Republican party, but obviously Ron Paul's run woke a lot of people up, including myself. Uh, so uh, either of you care to jump in and tell me why, why this is such a fool's errand or such a mistake to be pushing this direction. Well, before we do, can I, can I get some clarification on a few things that you said, just so I, Absolutely. I mean, so, so you said taking a, a martyr's path that I guess my first question is, can you, can you lay out what your, when you say a martyr's path, can you lay out like what the story of that, like, what does that look like so that I can understand? And I think people as who are listening can understand what do you mean by being a martyr? What would it look like to be a martyr? What would, what, Tell, tell that story like in, in real world terms of what that looks like. Certainly, yeah. Um, and let me, let me start by saying I do not have a death wish. So this is, not, this is not an intention. This is not like I'm seeking out this path as much as I am basically just declaring my willingness to die to maintain some semblance of freedom in this world. And, and I, am, I am willing to risk my own life to essentially give as many people that don't see the danger they're in an opportunity to view it before it's too late. And, and that's, that's kind of what I envision. Now, now the reason I see it as a martyr's path is that I think that given the trajectory of this government in America in particular, uh, but moreover globally, that it is highly probable that many of us that choose this path will meet our untimely demise. Um, I think that there's with the, the levying of new laws, in terms of uh, home, homegrown domestic terrorism that encompasses basically any political dissident whatsoever, uh, I think that you know political imprisonment or you know murder by the state is is a distinct possibility if if you're going to continue to speak out against this system. So does that help clarify it all? Yeah, I mean it. I, it does. It does. And then I guess the second thing, second question that I had was you said um i don't know whether this was i don't know who what this is referring to but you used the term we and if i can like you said something like we we are not trying to so it's it's basically it sounded to me as though you were using the term we not to refer to the mises caucus per se but to refer to some group that is like the constituency or the energy behind the Mises caucus. Yeah. Can you, can you uh, 
describe what this what this we is so that I can understand. Yeah, I'm not sure I, I remember the context in which I used it, but uh, I mean, I think that I view myself as an ANCAP that is involved in the political arena, even though I don't believe in it. Um, so I think I'm, I'm when I say we, I'm referring to those that are interested in using this political vehicle as a tool, but are not believers in either our potential for success in terms of attaining achievable power and you, you, you know, utilizing it. Um, I believe that the system is too corrupt to ever allow us to do that. And I also agree with Matt that I'm not sure that libertarianism is uh, a product that people are interested in purchasing. Um, so it's, I think that when I say we, I'm talking about those that are completely disinterested in politics. They're disinterested in the LP. They're disinterested in the Mises caucus for that matter, but they are willing to give this one last go. Basically the way I see it is that there, we are on the precipice of, in my opinion, the greatest economic collapse, a, a global reset economically when it comes to fiat currency, that if, if, you, if you care about your friends and family, your neighbors, your, your best and probably last opportunity to wake them up is right now. So that's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in giving it one last go of trying to reach those people that are disaffected, the remnant, as we've described them many times, uh, but they do not have the answers as to what the problems are. They are they are essentially adrift. Does that make any sense? <laughs> it, it it does. I'd be interested to hear what your what your impression of the. So you said people, you you want to spread some knowledge of what the answers are to people. Mm -hmm. So I'd be interested to hear if you could give a summary of what those answers are, because I'm, I'm certainly interested in also spreading answers to people. Right. But sure. bef before I can spread anything, uh, before I have a need for a platform, I have to have something of value to say, right? Like the, the vessel, the vessel is only valuable if it's got contents mm -hmm. without the contents, the, wh what's the use of the vessel. And so I do understand that you do view the, or at least it seems as though you are describing the LP vis-a-vis -vis the, the Mises caucus as a good vessel. And I think that we can argue, and a lot of the argument has been about the vessel, but what the, I haven't heard a lot of argument about is what is the contents of this vessel, mm -hmm. right? Because those, this, this, these are two different conversations. And so you say, I want to spread, or I hear, and I have heard for many, many years because I've been a part of it, spread the ideas of liberty, um, you know, spread answers, libertarian answers. I've participated in things like this, like the Free State Project. I've written books about these ideas. I'm interested to hear what are these ideas? What are these answers? Since we're on the precipice, what are the answers that this effort that you are going to ex ex expend to fortify and uh, and move this vessel forward what is the contents of this vessel sure uh i mean i think that i have my own answer i think that other people that are higher up in the mises caucus will also have their own input in this obviously so i'm not speaking for anybody other than myself however uh, i would like to see them push for um a physical migration to basically galvanize the troops you know i think that you need to you need to advise people that 
that's staying behind enemy lines as I as I perceive it um, by staying in these hard blue states that had very severe lockdowns is definitionally a fool's errand and that you will eventually be ran over by these people. So I would like to advocate for people to actually start to live out their principles of wanting to be left alone and to move to these states that that tend to respect your rights more. So uh, my my personal opinion is that we are we are inevitably headed towards secession and the choice the choice is essentially whether it be peaceful or violent. So I would prefer it to be peaceful. And and my hope is that if we can do this proactively before you know the economic collapse is here in earnest, that there's a chance that you can actually uh, you know, declare your independence and and hopefully avoid what would amount to you know a second civil war. Um, Where do you live, by the way? I, I forgot. No, I'm in I'm in California, but I sold my house. Oh. And I'm moving in three weeks. Okay, all right. Just but I okay. Just just so that I know, right? Yeah. Because clearly, this is not something we disagree with. Yeah. No. Right? No. You you obviously <laughs> have have already made this plunge. I mean, I, I think I'm largely inspired by what you did with that. So, um, I. I think I think there's a, a big uh, misunderstanding when it comes to the Mises Caucus folks that are true believers and and your sect. You know, it's like like I don't see a tremendous amount of difference. I see an argument over tactics. I see an argument about efficacy. You know, like what'll actually work. Um, but I think most of us see the problem similarly, and we actually see many of the same answers. It's just like what tools are we going to use. Um, so uh, a few other things I would obviously like to educate people on the value of decentralization and cryptocurrency and that space. I think that that's really important um, in terms of adding to the agorist movement that can underpin this new society. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's a ton of, a ton of other things that I could throw in there. I, I think that uh, you know, using really passionate, compelling speech to try and wake people up to the tyranny that they have suffered under and explaining to them that it's needless, that we can actually do something about this. Um, I think that that's an important message. I, I think that that lacks in politics. I think that people don't, they, they tend not to state who the enemy is and what the problems are. So I would like to see that done more forcefully and directly. Um, I think that a candidate like Dave Smith would and could do that. And he could reach a lot of people and wake a lot of people up. So those are those are some of the tenets that I would push for. Matt, any any input here? <laughs> I, I I would I would I, I I think like at least initially to begin this, um, I would like to hear from from Matt on these. I just wanted to get some lay out the 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 foundation, right? Of course, I, yeah. I think I think my views on this are probably are probably different from Matt's in a lot of ways. Um, I, I, but, but I do think that Matt articulates this very, very well. So I'd be interested in hearing his, uh, his, his him, him lay this out so that we could get started for sure. Okay. So, so there's, it, it this is interesting because, uh, you, basically the, the, the pitch that you gave us bringing us on is, is that, uh, uh, we're, we're kind of sort of giving a response to, to your conversation with Dave uh, that you had a week or so ago. And I just listened to that actually, just so I knew where you guys were coming from. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like we're presenting the, the counter argument. Uh, and I thought it was interesting because uh, we both, Cyprian and I both uh, distinctly uh, disagree that the LP is a, a, a reasonable route to take uh, to accomplish this. And, but 
we do for fairly different reasons. We both come at it from a kind of a fairly different perspective. So you could almost have uh, a conversation between just him and me debating that issue, like as a sub issue of the, of the larger issue. So, um, so I thought, I thought that's very interesting that we're both. So, so you're, you're not just getting a unified opinion here. I don't think, I think you're going to get uh, a lot of overlap, but we're going to come at it from two different directions. Um, so the, the first thing I, I wanted to respond just directly to something that you said, um, you, you framed something that I said, and I think you framed it accurately that basically that using a political platform uh, provides a veneer of legitimacy to the speaker. And, and I would say that, that I, I think that that's true. And I think that that's legitimacy that you don't want. Uh, mm -hmm. If your goal is to replace this system, uh, if your goal is to have a system that does, that functions by rules other than this one, you don't want the accolades of the, the, the institutions of the prior system, by like by definition. Uh, so by, uh, the, 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 the point that I've tried to harp on here is that there's a performative contradiction in saying uh, we don't believe you should need political parties to, to, to get things done or to live peacefully or whatever. But the best route we can take to advance that message is a political party. And that that's a, that's a performative contradiction that just like on a pragmatic level that that uh, undermines the, the message itself. So, so your message coming through is going to be weak, just, just kind of from the jump because of that, from the perspective of the people who are. Can, can I interject real quick? Yeah. Uh, I just want to make sure that I understand your guys' perspective, because to me, that seems as if we are abandoning anybody who isn't already somewhat awake because, you know, it's, I, I agree with you. There is a performative contradiction there. Like they, I, I, it's undeniable. However, if I'm to reach the housewife in the Midwest. How am I to do that if I don't have a veneer of legitimacy that, that allows me to reach her ears, her brain, you know? Like, like, I think that I probably can do that better if I am on MSNBC or CNN or one of these stupid platforms that allows her to hear for the first time in her life this wild idea that we do not need the state. So like, how do how are you are you abandoning these people or do you do you see a different avenue to reach them? Well, um, what's the purpose? What's the purpose of martyrdom? Like you asked the question, right? And you asked the question, like, how do you reach someone? How do you wake someone up? Right? What is the purpose? Martyrdom is not just dying, mm -hmm. right? Mart martyrdom is a very specific definition and a very specific use within a social context. It has a very specific connotation. Sure. What is the purpose of martyrdom? You said you're willing to take a martyr's path. What is the purpose of martyrdom? I think it's normally to sacrifice yourself for something higher, no? Uh, but, well, that's not the purpose, right? So like a sacrifice is made in order to get something else. That's the nature of a sacrifice, mm -hmm. right? So you sacrifice... And then you get something from the sacrifice. When we talk about martyrdom, what is it that you get? What is it that a martyr specifically does that, that just dying? People die for causes all the time, right? You can go and, and pick a cause and you go and you die, right. right? But martyr means something else. It means something different. There's a different context. When you say it, it's very, it's very specific and it has a very specific cultural context. So, so the question really is, what's the difference between a martyr 
and someone who just like is in a war and they die in that war fighting on fighting on what one side or the other what's the difference between them and a martyr well normally i I would assume it's that there's a religious connotation that you believe that you're dying for god as opposed to just dying for a cause i think my my belief is that you can have a religious belief in your cause so that's why i'm using that term but if it's if it's inappropriate i'm totally happy to revise so I'm, I'm going to give it to you in like the orthodox context, right? And, and I guess I didn't even fully understand this, but it's, it's the reason, it's one of the reasons why the orthodox are much more into reading the lives of the saints, which are, who are mostly martyrs, by the way, right. than they are into reading the Bible. And so the story of Cyprian of Antioch, who I'm named after, he was a martyr. And his story is tied to another saint called uh, Justina, who's a, a virgin. And he was a sorcerer. And they were at odds until he saw that this virgin with the power of Christ was, it's a crazy story. People should go and read it. It's super awesome. It would make an amazing, like even like a horror movie. Cause it's got some pretty, it's got some horror, supernatural horror parts in it. Yeah. The very end of this story. It's very interesting that it's actually the story of three saints, three martyrs. So at the very end of the st- story, Justina and Cyprian are, are after being tortured are brought out to be beheaded. And they're going to be martyred. And so they're beheaded, both of them. And after they're beheaded, in the audience is a soldier called Theoctetus. And Theoctetus, in seeing the way that they handle themselves in being martyred, jumps onto the platform and says, I am a Christian now. Martyr me too. Kill me too. You ask, how do I wake up someone who's asleep? That's the purpose of a martyr. Right. And the path of a martyr is the path that when in your martyrdom, you will awaken others. Mm -hmm. So we have examples of these sorts of of martyrs. So, for instance, there's a martyr rotting in jail right now, Ross Ulbricht. Okay. And Julian Assange. Well, to a degree, right? To a degree. Julian Assange doesn't have doesn't have the same emotional. See, the thing about a martyr is a martyr is innocent. Hmm. Is innocent. Mm -hmm. That's the key. And yet they they go to their suffering. This is Christ on the cross. They go to their suffering with with a, a view towards the larger. It's not that they're dying for something greater. It's that they recognize there is something greater and you see the something greater in their behavior. Uh, yes. The, the God becomes manifest in the moment. The something, their, their true faith, their true belief becomes manifest and real in the moment that the ax comes down and they were, went unafraid. Mm-hmm. That's the purpose of a martyr. Now, I think what you got to ask is, I think you got to look around at the people that you say would be a good leader for this. And you have to see, are they that person? Are they that person? Right. And then you're going to know what's going to happen. Right. I hate to interrupt you, Matt, but I think that, you know, he asked the question. I didn't want to let it go. No, I don't know. But I think, Yes, you should take a martyr's path. That's wonderful. But you should know what that means 
And you should look around at what you're doing and see if the people who you are following are also on a martyr's path or if they're on a different path. Yep. No, I completely mm. agree. Great point. Uh, Matt, continue, yeah. please. Sorry about that. Let's yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That was, that was great. That was great. And to continue with that, um, the other thing, when, when, when you martyr yourself, when someone martyrs himself, he, he's doing it, as, as Cyprian indicated, bas basically for a specific purpose, a specific cause. And the, the biggest, I think, to try to distill that down, it's basically to induce someone who, who sees it into following the same path. Um, um, not necessarily into the, the same path of martyrdom themselves, per se, sure. but to pursuing the same value set that the person is martyring himself for. So if you're going to martyr yourself for this cause, then is the, the, the message that you're wanting other people to join in that they need to now go join the Libertarian Party? They need to now go, uh, you know, take this political route to taking down the state. Like, is your, is your single motivation that the state needs to be taken down and that's the, the activity that people need to be inspired to participate in? Um, because so, okay. So what happens when the state collapses on its own or the state morphs into something else or the state, uh, you know, what, what, what anything else could happen. Sure. So then what, what is, what is, what is someone to do outside the context of the state? What are you dying for to induce that person to, 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 to want to join your cause? Do you have a cause that's higher than just wake people up to the realities of the state? Yeah. I mean, I would say that, and, and let me clarify I'm saying that I am choosing a martyr's path. I am not choosing to, I, there's no way I can even know that my death would be valuable or inspirational enough or visible enough that I could actually take on that role. So I'm not so narcissistic to believe that it's going to occur, nor, nor am I actually even wanting that to happen. I'm just saying that I am willing to live a life of truth and, and walking this line that I realize I could be that person. And I'm doing it with my eyes wide open. So that, let me clarify that. Now, as for whether or not I think that I'm actually, I'm, I'm not asking people to join the LP or to join the Mises Caucus as if that is the solution. Um, you know, Dave or other people may, I, I don't think that Dave would actually say that, but um, I, I don't believe, I, as I've said, I think that economic collapse comes inevitably g given all of the profligate spending that we've had over the past, I mean, my entire life, but particularly over the past couple of years. Um, I think that we will see an economic collapse and in that, uh, particularly with the the military expenditures and things like that, all the unfunded liabilities, we are like we are on a path of economic collapse and eventual uh, governmental collapse coming as a product of that. So, I'm not I'm not reaching people with this political platform to try and usher in this collapse or create from it the the future I would like to see. As much as I am utilizing it to try and get people to understand the danger that they're in and to move to a place where we can then create that system that we would like to see. So that that's my personal view of this. Other people have very different opinions. So I, again, I just want to be very clear. I'm not speaking for the Mises caucus or the LP or anybody else. This is just how I view it. Um, I'm sorry, you asked a, another question, but I forgot it. <laughs> that was, that was, that was kind of the gist of it. That was okay. kind of what I was driving at. And, and I'm not, I'm not trying to, to harp on the martyr thing too much. Um, I, was, I was using it because the, because it was, to me, it was a, it's a vehicle for that, that larger question, which is 
uh, someone who identifies this is this is a, a, a realization I came to as a, a self-described ANCAP that I had now defined my identity with respect to an organization that I claimed to oppose, mm. and but but if I oppose it, I've just adapted it into my own identity. I've identified myself as as like like my identity is this thing. So what happens if that thing's not there? Then what is my identity? Mm-hmm. And it, and it, and it, it clicked with me that, well, that's the thing that I should be focused on. This is a smaller, this isn't an eternal problem. The problem of the state There's the state there's been, there's been states of all different forms that have existed throughout all different times of history. And, and people have died at the hands of them. And there's still, there's people who, who martyred themselves with that, not to bring up the martyr thing in, but there's people who martyred themselves with, with past states. And, and today we have a state now where we're talking about, you know, is, is it worth martyring yourself for uh, in, in, in opposition to that state? So these are problems that are, are um, as, as Cyprian's really the first one who really got me thinking this way, that we tend to think of time on a, on a linear trajectory, which is a very Western uh, rationalist uh, post-enlightenment thing, that time has a beginning and an end. And uh, you know, we're, we started at the beginning and we're headed toward the end and then there'll be the end. And then who knows what's after that? When in reality, time is, 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 is cyclical time. Time is constantly working through these cyclical patterns mm-hmm. and, you know, perhaps there's an end there's, you know, and we don't even, we can't even comprehend what that would be, what it would mean to be an, an end of time. And we don't know if time is the end of time is, 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 you know, imminent or if it's, you know, in a long time. And then you get into the paradox of, well, you know, outside of time, time, the end of time is always, you know, so, so, Trying to trying to act with respect to the end of time, um, I think induces people to 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 behave too apocalyptically. And there's a uh, as you, Jason Stapleton always says. He said he he's this is he told me this and it kind of blew my mind. He said, uh, "Never bet on the end of the world because it's only going to happen once, and when it does, you're going to have bigger problems." Mm-hmm. And that, that was kind of like, well, shit, that, you know, yeah, I guess that's, that's a good point. And so, and that to me, like that totally lifted a burden off my shoulders where I'm like, I don't need to, to, to me personally, I don't feel like, like I would benefit from laying my life on the line to, to, to try to oppose an institution. That's just the latest instantiation of these same types of institutions. The problem here isn't that there's a state that exists. The problem here is is much deeper than that. It's much more fundamental than that. It's it's the the existence of incentives that uh, that promote uh, powerful people uh, who are willing to do awful things, and and they will use whatever system is available to them toward that end. So if you read the Machiavellians, if you I, I keep bringing them up, if you read uh, Wilfredo Pareto. He talks about the circulation of the elites, that every single society is governed by a small set of elites. And it doesn't matter what the structure of that society is. There will always be that network of elites and they will govern the society. They will dictate the system. They will dictate the way that it's organized according to the incentives that suit their interests the best. So when you're trying to decide, okay, well, this this system that we're in is not ideal. It has all these these negative externalities. So people will do something like they'll identify the Fed and let's say, well, the Fed is the source, is the root of all these issues. And if the Fed wasn't there, if we had um, if we had hard money, then we wouldn't have all these other issues. Tonight's episode is also brought to you by our friends over at Run Your Mouth Coffee. Run Your Mouth Coffee is where delicious coffee meets uncensored speech. If you like this show, support guys like this. These are the guys that put their money where their mouth is, that support other 
avenues that allow for free speech and uncensored speech, most importantly. The co-founders are libertarians who have paired their love of fresh roasted coffee with a healthy hatred of censorship. Man, men after my own heart, I'm telling you. Run Your Mouth Coffee was founded by two Liberty podcasters, John Odermatt of Lions of Liberty, which I have been on, as well as Ben Panji of Homesteads and Homeschools. The coffee beans are sourced from around the world and roasted to order in the U.S., so you receive your fresh roasted coffee at its peak flavor. If you're feeling rebellious, check out the Rebellion Beans. They are aged for 30 days in a bourbon barrel, then roasted to order. Use promo code LOCKDOWN for 10% off and free shipping. Go to rymcoffee.com. Again, it's like run your mouth, rymcoffee.com. And use code LOCKDOWN for 10% off plus free shipping. Let's get back into the show. Well, the problem isn't the Fed. The problem is the people who create the Fed and who sustain the Fed. And those people aren't isolated to the federal government. They're not isolated to the private sector. They're not isolated to individual institutions. They transcend institutions. And by definition, the most wealthy, powerful, influential people in the world are going to govern toward their own incentives. They're going to be the ones who dictate the system in the way that suits them the best. So the problem that you're looking at here isn't, um, isn't a moral problem. It's, it, it, there is moral problems in it, but the, the specific problem with the state is not a moral problem, it's an engineering problem. There needs to be a set of, a, a, an engineered set of incentives that inspire the inevitable rulers to act in a way that's beneficial to them and to the rest of us at the same time which also means that you need rulers who are moral people and who are, who are driven by a desire to act according to those incentives. So there's, there's kind of two parts of this problem. You have to have the, the ideal system and then you have to have the people to populate it. But in order to have the system, you have to have the people. So it starts with the people. Mm-hmm. And this is where I see the message of um, the LP, like taking a political route here beyond the performative contradiction, beyond the fact that that the, the people who claim to, 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 to oppose the flaws of, of democracy and see it as, as a fundamentally flawed system, they're trying to achieve a democratic solution to democracy. Beyond that, the biggest issue is the people are not worthy. The people have not made themselves worthy. They have not um, made themselves worthy of holding power, and they haven't taken the steps necessary to achieve the power necessary to to, to make a positive difference, however you want to frame that. And within libertarian circles, talking about power makes people squeamish. They don't, they're like, oh, we don't like authority. You know, it's, 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 it's a, a fundamentally anti-authoritarian um, ideology. Mm-hmm. But authority is inevitable. The question is, what kind of authority are you going to have? Sure. And that comes back to incentives, and that comes back to the nature of the people who are populating it. So if you want better authority, you have to create it. You, and it starts with you becoming a better authority in your own life. Because ultimately, authority and responsibility must go hand in hand. The person who is in power must have accountability for, for their, their power, for the way that they use it. There's the, this, the uh, Spider-Man with, with great power comes great responsibility. And, and it's, 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 it's catchy because it's true mm-hmm. that ultimately there, there, there has to be a means for maintaining accountability in the people at the top. And so if you're trying to, to, to solve this problem, you know, you want to, you talked about the, 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 the woman in the, the, the housewife or whatever in the Midwest who sees this and is like, okay, well, I'm going to solve this problem. The solution that you, you're not actually offering a solution when you go through the, 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 I don't mean you specifically, but in general, if you're going through a political party like the LPMC, you're not actually offering a solution. You're just pointing to the problems. 
But if she's like, okay, well, what do I do now? Do I just vote for a different political party? Because, or, you know, do I just, you say, oh, well, the free market can, can, can just solve everything. Okay, well, this free market right now is, cho- is, is choosing a, a massive, expansive totalitarian state. So the, you can't just appeal to the market. So what, what is going to be offered to this housewife so she can choose something better? Because at the end of the day, H.L. Mencken said the average man does not want uh, freedom. He just wants safety. He just wants security. He wants someone to keep him safe. The vast majority of people want someone to keep them safe. And so they, they, they will take all of the downside with the state because they get that, that appearance, that feeling of safety. Right. And just making them just saying, no, actually, you're not safe. That just makes them freak out. <laughs> People, when they're not safe, they're like, oh, oh OK, well, I'm going to be rational. The fight or flight brain isn't rational. So, so this is where I think that the, 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 the people that are going through the Libertarian Party are um, – they're putting the cart before the horse. They have to, if you're going to, if you're going to tell people this system sucks, this, this thing is bad. You have to present an alternative. You have to offer something new, which ultimately has to be an institution. And those institutions don't exist until those institutions exist to serve as the lifeboat to, to, as you're stepping off the sinking ship, I have the image of, uh, in, uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean where, uh, where the, the ship is coming up, the ship is, is, is dropping down into the bay right up as he comes up and, and Jack Sperry steps off the top of the sail onto the, onto the dock. I'm like, okay, who's building that dock? Where, where is that dock? We're saying mm. this whole system's broken, all this stuff exists, you know, like, well, in the Fed. Well, okay, if we end the Fed, they'll, use, they'll create another tool to use to, 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 to accomplish the same thing. So you're not, when you end the Fed, you're not actually getting at the root of it. The root of it is corrupt, powerful people. And what are you going to do to either eliminate the corrupt, powerful people or incentivize the corrupt, powerful people into participating in something that will cause a beneficial relationship between them and the people there. That's an engineering problem. And that's an engineering problem that's decades in the solving. Once you've solved that problem, then you can take the political route and you can say, hey, look at this alternative solution we have. I don't think that would be the best way to go about it to sell that new solution. I think you just sell the solution and you get people buying into it and they'll choose it on their own and they don't have to go through the political system. So I, what I see is that the political, go, taking the political route is not um, wrong or bad necessarily. I think it's that at this time, in this way, with this message, it's not only um, doomed to failure, I think that it's, it's doomed to failure while also taking you down a martyr's path where you'd be martyring yourself for nothing. Well, that's an interesting argument and you laid a lot out. So let me, let yeah, me just yeah. ask you, <laughs> let me ask you one quick thing. Um, you made it sound as if because this is cyclical, that there would be no point in standing up to what we see as, you know, existing corruption or tyranny in this government. Is there, is there any point at which you would see that as worthwhile? Cause it's, I'm, I'm just trying to, cause my, my view is that, as you said, tyranny is, inevitable and universal and eternal <laughs> it's like normally it requires a awakened populace that is unwilling to play ball and if you if you are willing to kind of lead that charge where you know i'm not interested in violence however i am a very dangerous man you know like that kind of mentality that you may actually prevent the the or, you know cancel out the necessity for violence. Is there, is there any utility in it? Or would you guys both advocate that this system and these people are so, I don't know, backwards or behind or however, whatever kind way you want to put it, that it's not worth doing? Well, I, you know, I keep hearing this 
this seems like this is the the argument like you're just saying that we shouldn't stand up to this tyranny and i'm like okay that's a word salad i'm sorry it's a word salad so here's here's the here's what i want to hear what is the thing that you are standing up to what is the institution person idea specifically if you were to stand what does standing up to it mean and if you were to successfully stand up to it, what would the result be? So like Thomas Sowell always says, instead of what, mm -hmm. right? Like this is the question to ask. And it's not because just saying, well, you're just, and it's weird because that's actually a sign of ideological possession. Like if, if somebody lays out an argument and what comes back on the other side is the exact same thing every time. Because since the beginning of this thing where I just brought up this thing with Dave Smith, what always comes back is you are saying that we shouldn't stand up and we should just let it continue. I'm not saying that. That we should do nothing. It's funny they say that to me. Who put his family on a plane, flew to halfway in the middle. It's like, you should do nothing. Really? Am I the one who stayed home? Am I the one who went through all the lockdowns? Am I the one living in New York or is your leader? Right? Or did I, who's responsible for the safety and security and psychological health of my family, before anything got too bad, give up our worldly possessions with the clothes on our back and move to a place where my two daughters have not had to go through any of that and where my wife and family are happy and where I'm in a situation that where I have taken care of my family. Who did what? So I'm not going to hear from people, you're saying don't do anything. No, I'm showing you do something. Mm -hmm. Don't ever say that again. What I'm asking you is this. What are you standing up to? What specifically? Don't just say tyranny. What specific idea, action, behavior, institution are you standing up to? What does standing up to it mean? And were you to be su successful, what happens then? When this thing is gone, and I think that that's what Matt just said, when this thing is gone, what is there? I want to hear that. Nobody has said that to me. That's what I want to hear. Well, uh, again, this is going to be a personal answer, but um, you know, I have a few red lines that I don't know if I can talk about freely without getting into FedPost land, but um, you know, if there were, were to be a gun ban law where they were to come around and seize weapons, I would fight and defend myself. So that that for me is is one. Well, no, I'm asking from a standpoint of the LP, right? So like, so this is the context of what the Mises Caucus of the Libertarian Party is doing, right? Mm -hmm. So like, I don't want to jump off onto something else. I get that red lines, all of this, but you don't need a Mises Caucus Libertarian Party to do any of the things that you're about to say. Okay. okay, those are personal decisions. Sure. What we're discussing here is a Mises caucus. So what I'm saying to you is, because you're set, you're making, you just made the equivalence of, if you don't join the Mises, if you don't follow along the Mises caucus and follow this path of the Libertarian Party equals, you are saying do not stand up. Oh, so I, what, I apologize if it came off that way, because that was not what I intended. It, Matt was saying that essentially that the people the people aren't worthy of this future that we envision or that we hope for. 
at this point. And that, that makes it very hard to get to. So visa, like you're not, you sh it's, it's, it would be pointless to fight and die in this system at this point. I, I'm simply asking, is there a point at which you would say, uh, yes, it is now worth actually fighting physically as opposed to fighting tactically. Like I, I completely agree with you guys. Like there is absolutely times when things are so hopeless, it makes sense to retreat and regroup and reinforce and then come back. You know, like well, have makes... you read the art of war? Yeah. What does Sun Tzu say is the the supreme art of war? I think it was it was something retreat, right? No, it's to win without ever fighting. There you go. Yeah. Ah. So the supreme art of so that means if you fought, if you have to fight, you're not a good general. Sure. If you have to physically pick up arms to win, you're a shit general. Okay, so then that's a very bad question that you just asked. Is there a point at which you have to fight? Because the answer is, if there's a point at which you have to pick up weapons and fight, you've failed as a general. You've sure. failed as a tactician. Sure, I agree. Uh, so I, where we need to, so where we, what we need to be talking about is we need to not be talking about how do we fail. Because that's what that that's the conversation that you want me to have with you right now. You want me to have a conversation of how do we fail? Well, I think I'm I think not trying to have that conversation. I'm trying to have the conversation of how do we get to where we want to be without having to pick up a gun? Because that is the supreme art of war. Well, I, I agree with you. I think that, that that would be a far a far better path. As I've said, I am a very peaceful person and I do not wish to die. So, like this is this is not my intent here. I am simply saying that. I think... Well, it, that, 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 those are two separate things. Okay. You might die. Sure. You might die. I said without having to pick up a gun. There's a, lot, there's a whole hell of a lot of utility in you dying without picking up a gun to get to, to, get to the end goal that you want to get to. Christi the history of Christianity proved that. Mm -hmm. Because none of those Christians picked up guns. They had 300 years, the catacomb period. They had 300 years of persecution by Rome. 300 years of nobody picking up guns, of people being tortured, brutalized, beheaded, crucified. And at the end of that 300 years, Christianity is in control of Rome without well, picking up a sword. Can, can consider me a, uh, a selfish uh, temporary being, but I, I am interested in in preventing that fate. And I fear that we may be too far down that path. And you know, that's, and that's the key right there. And that's what Matt is saying about the people are not worthy because that means you haven't started far enough back because if you're, if you are willing to die for you, if you believe in something stro so strongly, and you want it for your children, and you want it for the world be out of love so strongly that you would be willing to die, mm -hmm. that your death would be selfish, that your death would be the greatest act of love that you could ever give, then you have something that takes over everything. Then you have power. Libertarians until like then, no nothing you do, nothing you do until that point will get you what you want. Because the people on the other side are willing to die for it. Mm -hmm. Libertarians like to talk about liberty. They say, you know, that liberty is this thing that we're pursuing. We want, we want to have liberty. We're trying to get liberty and, and we just want to spread liberty. 
And I don't know what that means. I don't know what it means to spread liberty. Liberty to do what? What is it that you want to, you don't, you don't have liberty. You have liberty to do something. What is it that you want to do that you can't do right now? And lots of people will point to, you know, say like a, uh, um, uh, like income. Those, oh, I want to not be taxed. Okay, well, the, the thing is, it's not that you don't want to be taxed. It's that you want to have more money than you have right now. And when you're being taxed, it's making you have less money. So why don't you make more money? And then like, they'll take it. But why don't you make so much money that taxation is just an inconvenience? That now you've just gotten it. You didn't have to overthrow the government. Now you just got what you wanted. Um, so, or maybe you want, you know, like, oh, I want to own, you know, XYZ guns and I'm, I legally am not allowed to do that. Okay. So then wealthy people can bypass all of these laws, you know, wealthy, politically connected people. So become wealthy and politically connected. And then you can, you can do what you want, or maybe you want to consume XYZ drug. Okay. Where in the world can you go to do that? Go there. So it, when you're, this is, uh, uh, like Cyprian mentioned ideological possession. And that's what I think a lot of people are, uh, I think very well-meaning people have gotten wrapped up in this this um, uh, apocalyptic uh, uh, LARPing kind of, where it's 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 this uh, people want to believe that they're in the end of the world and that they get to be John Connor and they get like they're going to go through this because it's it's general. I mean, we're very very privileged people. Like what we consider tyranny or oppression, the vast majority of mankind would 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 consider paradise. We've, 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 we've evolved societally to that point, to the point where our privilege is our greatest weakness. Our privilege is the thing that's taking us down. And there's a cycle to this. This happens. And, and, it, and every single time after you get to this point, there's a massive collapse. But the thing is, every time there's a massive collapse, it's not the extinction of humanity. People survive it. There's people, sure. who, are, there's people who, get, who go through that period and come out the other end even better, even wealthier even more well off than they went into it. How did those people do it? Because those are the ones who are going to dictate the next society. Those are the ones who are going to dictate the next system. So if, you're, if your goal is to spread liberty, then what are you doing? What, what, what do you wish you could be doing that you can't do right now? And is it possible for you to do that regardless of what the state does? Leave the state as a, as a, as a constant. It just exists. It's there. It's always going to be there. You know, I can't, I can't, if I jump off the Grand Canyon, I'm going to fall down and die at the bottom because gravity is a constant. The state is a constant. If you do X, Y, Z thing, the state's going to crush you for it. So don't do X, Y, Z thing. There you go. You've got liberty. So if it, so uh, the, the, I think that not only are the people going into this libertarian party, uh, the, the Mises caucus take over the LP thing. I think not only are they not, do they not have something to sell to the people they're trying to reach? but they don't have that thing for themselves. They're trying to sell something that they don't have and they don't even have it for themselves. They're, to, to go into the LP like this is, is, to me, it looks like it's either well-meaning people who are just com it's like completely deceived or it's people who are bored and are manufacturing meaning for themselves, which really is a sign that you've probably got too much liberty. <laughs> well, there's no, there's a third because it's both of those, but then there's a third. And the third group are the people who uh, are preying are predators because there's right. always predators. And the third group are the people who are preying on the naive desires of uh, a certain group of individuals who those group of individuals believe or want to believe that they can get something for nothing. And uh, Iceberg Slim uh, in his book Trick Baby says you can't con an honest man. Every con, every scam relies on the greed of the mark. 
Every con relies upon a mark who believes he can get something for nothing and someone who is willing to sell him that story. Mm. And that is what is happening. Now, now, you know, this is a, I've tried to dance around this a bit, but that's who Dave Smith is. Okay. That's who he is. And you're going to find that out for yourself. Everybody is going to find that out for themselves. If you didn't learn it with Trump, because it's the same pattern that you believe, oh, everything will be better if we just let this guy speak for us, this narcissist who has openly said over and over that he wants platforms for platform's sake, that the goal of his actions is to have more people hear his voice. And that he's just going to say the same old things that every who I though these wars are terrible. War is terrible. Really? Who is the war is great guy? <laughs> well, there, there's a few who. <laughs> yeah, that's the point. There's a few. Mm-hmm. He's he's saying the majority opinion. And he's just saying it in a goofy way while he while he vapes. That's all it is. Well, can, That's all it is. Can, can you tell me what what gives you such certitude that that Dave is is such a malevolent you, actor? I didn't say malevolent. Well, that's the vibe I get. That, I mean, he's predator. You let into the predator. Predator. Okay. Well, that's pretty that's, malevolent, no? <laughs> is a predator malevolent? Is it is a lion malevolent when a lion goes and and uh, attacks a, an antelope to eat it? Is the is a lion malevolent? Fair, yeah, sure. No, these people are predators. By nature or by nurture, predators exist. How am I so sure? What is my background, bro? What world did I live in? I was at the upper echelon of sex work. Mm-hmm. I lived in Las Vegas, which is the most predatory place on earth. It is, the, it is an entire culture built on predation on the naive, a sucker born every moment. They don't build those casinos off winners, bro, but they tell you that you're going to be a winner. Right. They, they give you the narrative that you're going to be a winner. It's predatory. I know a predator when I see one. I was one. I was one. Interesting. And I was, a, and I was an uh, uh, apex predator. Right. Apex. Okay, that's how I'm sure. Okay, he's not even a good one. He's not because he's just a narcissistic one. Right. He doesn't want people's souls. He just wants their ears. Mm. He just wants their ears. But if if you believe in your message, as as I think both of you do, is there is there something inherently bad in wanting to reach more people with it? Again, it's not inherently bad. My message is not for Dave. I'm not trying to stop Dave from doing what he's doing. I want Dave to have a bigger audience. He's a comedian. Why should I wish him a smaller audience as a comedian? I want him to be the most successful person that he could possibly be. He's a media personality. I don't, I don't want him to stop speaking his message. I don't think that there's anything inherently wrong with his message, but he's got a podcast to do that. He's got a podcast. Mm-hmm. People can listen to his podcast. If somebody wants to invite him on CNN to do something, that's fine. But it is a different animal when you start talking about a political party. 
because inherent is that in that is you are necessarily asking people to become partisans mm-hmm. on your political side. You are bringing people into the political fray. And again, if you didn't learn that with Trump, a narcissist who does this will abandon. Baked Alaska sitting in jail. Has Trump spoken out about this guy who was his biggest fan, who did no violence, who may be going to jail for 20 prison, federal prison for 20 years for doing nothing at the behest of this man? Mm -hmm. This is the pattern. So that and you and you say and you say and everybody says, well, you know, it's not about him running. It's about a message. Well, why is he running? Because he's going to run. And it started from, well, let go back. It started from, no, we're not interested in running. We're just going to use the platform of the Libertarian Party down to now. Even you said now, well, Dave should, you know, when Dave runs, because he's already like, I don't know if I'm going to run. If you say you don't know if you're going to run, that means you're going to run. And it's and it went from that to this. And what you see is someone with no principle. The principle is get more ears, get more eyeballs. Who cares if I lead somebody down a primrose path? Who cares? Because it's platform for platform's sake. And again, you can't con an honest man. And to a certain degree, the mark deserves to be fleeced. And everybody knows that. The mark deserves to be fleeced. And there are marks who are going to argue with me right now about what I'm saying that, no, he's a good guy. He's a great guy. And two years from now, they're going to either one, just uh, make up some justification or two, they're going to come back and say, man, you were right. I was wrong. There's only two options. <laughs> well, there, I mean, uh, let's, let's get Matt's input. Cause uh, he hasn't said much about David. Do you have the, a similar outlook? But more or less, yeah. I um, I wouldn't go so far as I don't I don't know Dave well enough to 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 go so far as to say that he is a predator. But I think whether or not he is, I think that his behavior is predatory. And so you could say, well, that that makes him a predator. And so so I um I have to say I've been I've publicly been very critical of him. And and then I don't know something has been kind of eating at me that I feel like it wasn't fair that I was talking like that when he didn't even know who I was that I was going at it and part of that's just this just the network of the territory like it's you go out there you get out in front of people and you do your thing and people are going to be critical of you um, but after the Pete Quinones episode he reached out to me and and said he, he DM'd me and he said he said hey you know great episode on Pete I'm really enjoying it and. Uh, and I said, and so I, I, I said, I feel compelled to apologize to you for having been so sharply critical of you in the past. Um, and he was just like, "Hey, don't worry about it. You know, that's just kind of how it is. And so I was kind of like, okay, well, you know, I, I felt like it was, it was, a, it was an honorable gesture from him. But I think um, I've said in the past that my fear here is like, there's multiple layers to my criticism of this whole LPMC take over the LP thing. There's multiple different layers of it. And one of the layers is precisely what Cyprian's talking about, that there are going to be gullible people who are sucked into this because Dave is preaching a message that he ultimately cannot fulfill. And he, he, cannot, he cannot make good on, on what he's selling. It's not possible. And, and he's, he's not being honest about that. 
And I think that he's, I'm, I would give him the benefit of the doubt. And I would say it's because he hasn't fully accepted it himself, but I what, think what that is, what is the lie specifically? I mean, other than what every other politician who doesn't win is, is there any additional lie that you're saying he's the, making? The Does whole... there need to be an additional lie? <laughs> well, like, yeah, because every every politician that runs, like most of them don't win. So I, I don't know. But that there's as... there's a difference between politicians that run and have a chance of winning. And they just lose. Right. And politicians who run and have no chance of winning. And thus they just spend the money of their donors. And further, they beyond that, even when they run and they have no chance of winning, but they act like maybe there's a slim chance that I'll win. That's that's fundamentally deceptive. When he was on your show last week, he said, you know, it's really, really unlikely that, you know, even if I was to run and I was to get the nomination, you know, it's just it's not very likely that that I would win. It's a really long shot. It's not a long shot. It's a fundamental impossibility. It will not happen. One hundred percent. It will not happen. And if it did, even if it did, it will not happen. And even if it did, it would be meaningless because immediately the least relevant political position in Washington would be president of the United States. That's the nature of the beast. So what he's selling is if he was to be honest about his position, if he was to be honest about that and say, I'm I'm doing this purely to expand my own platform. I'm going to get on more people's audience, get on, get on, get uh, to in front of more people's audiences. And those audiences are going to have people who will start listening to my podcast. And that will make me wealthier, more powerful and more influential. And I can use my platform then to, 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 to fund the institutions or to fund the research or to whatever else, whatever you're going to use your platform for, that would be an honest message. And he would be vastly more successful with that message as well, because it is honest. And I would not call him a predator if he did that. Interesting. I would not call him a predator if he did that. Like but, the, the predatory aspect is the deception. Hmm. That's the predatory aspect. Okay. It's not, it, it, it isn't the, it isn't the action. It isn't the desiring of a bigger platform. It isn't the desiring of more, who doesn't want to be wealthier. Right. Who mm-hmm. I, I can tell you who doesn't want to have more fame me because I've actually had fame. Mm-hmm. Not, not like, not like Dave thinks he's famous. Like I've gone to places where they don't speak the language that I speak. And in the middle of the night had people run down the street to try to take a picture with me in foreign languages because my show was syndicated there and say that I'm their hero. That's real fame. Dave Smith has people who like him coming up to him. I started out real fame with hate in the New York times, right? Daily beast. Okay. Like he wants there are plenty of people listening that want more fame. I'm just going to tell you right now, you don't. Now, do you want more wealth? Who doesn't want more wealth? That's f- perfectly fine, <laughs> right? And, but I'm not even going to hate on him for, get, take it for not understanding because you don't know the trade-offs of celebrity until you have real actual celebrity sure. where you can't go and have a meal with your family without somebody, oh, uh, excuse me, I'm so sorry for interrupting your dinner, but can we just take a picture? Until you have that every time you go out to dinner, you don't, you're not famous, right? So, so this guy wants more fame. I'm not going to begrudge him that. He wants more wealth. I'm not going to begrudge him that. But he's not being honest that that is the goal of his activity. Well, why are you both so certain that he, has, he doesn't have any benevolent purpose in this no because we we didn't say he doesn't have any benevolent purpose there's a big that's a that's that's a real misstatement of what we just said 
I think he does have benevolent purpose. Of course he does. Yes. Okay. So, so I, what, 90, let me tell you this. 99% of financial scams have a benevolent purpose. Like when they start, like 99% of Ponzi scam people don't start it out as a Ponzi scam. There's a great, I'm forgetting the, the, I think it's called the Polka King. It's with Jack Black. It's a great one if you want to see how a person who is otherwise benevolent and just, uh, but who wants fame, who wants a platform, who wants all of these things, how that leads them to become a Ponzi guy, right? But who's actually a good-hearted person and actually benevolent at their core. Matt is bringing up such a good point that the real problem is he's promising something he can't deliver. That's the real problem. And it actually doesn't matter in many ways whether or not he's doing it purposely it's actually worse if he's doing it unaware because the situation that he will find himself in, the, the, um, the desperation that he will have to retain his platform, to retain his reputation, to retain all of that when the, when, you know, the crowd comes knocking with the pitchforks will be very different than the guy who is actively doing it like Trump. So who is, 15 steps ahead and is able to manage that and doesn't really fall into a situation where he starts believing his own hype. Mm -hmm. The person who, who is unaware is more dangerous to themselves and others than the, the long con con artist, hmm. right? Who's got some skill. He's going to have the least collateral damage, right? Cause the true believer can convince more people because he, he's actually behaving in a way that he believes it. So it makes it more, uh, an easier sell and well, that so there's more people to fall right oh, there's too. more su there's more suffering yeah and on uh, top of that he's not the one who will ultimately be paying that price i mean he'll pay the price for for the when it if he goes through with all of this the way he has been part of the way the reason i know that he's that that this is true about him is because dave smith of two or three years ago would be saying exactly what we're saying right now He's talked himself into this because it became a realistic possibility. And so he's justified it to himself. This is the way all human beings make decisions. You make the decision emotionally and then like in your subconscious and then your active mind like creates a rationalization for the decision that you already made. So that's so he's he's talked himself into this. And I said a while back, I said that my goal now is not to talk him out of doing this because I know that he's pot committed, that he's not going to he's there's no way he's going to back down from it now. So he's going to go through it. So I want him to be honest about the way that he's going through it because ultimately he won't be the one who pays the price of it. The, the guys who believe in him are going to be the, who, the, the, the equivalent of the January 6th you know, uh, uh, insurrectionists. They're going to be the ones because they, they believe in this message. I mean, he's got you talking about, like we, we're, we spent the first half hour of the show talking about martyrdom for Christ's sakes. Like if, if, if we're talking about that, what's going on in the minds of, of a, like, think about the dynamic of the, or the, or the, 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 the demographic that libertarianism and the Legion of Skanks podcast, like what's that overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly going to be? It's going to yeah. be young single men. young men. Sure. And there is, there is an incel problem in our culture for a lot of reasons, a whole bunch of reasons. So you know Autism. that that, that, right. So you know that that dynamic is going to be overrepresented in his demographic, the demographic of his audience relative to someone else in his position. And 
you don't want to see what it looks like when a bunch of, 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 of young men who are um, in a desperate situation and have convinced themselves to die for a cause, you don't, know what, you don't want to know what that looks like when they get bad leadership. That's, sure. that's the most explosively um, bad social situation that you can have in a society. But, and but this is also, this is also, I mean, this, br this brings us to something that pre Dave Smith, right? But the pattern that Matt is describing is an eternal pattern. And it comes with every demagogue, right? Is, but go through all of the patterns. And what you will see is that it, it won't be Dave Smith. But what Matt is pointing out is something that like, and I don't know that there's any way to prevent it. So in some ways, I'm just here to narrate it. Sure. I knew that it would come from out of this group. I knew that it would come from out of the libertarian circles that sort of grew out of 2016 and the way that it shook out with things with Trump, right? That it won't be Dave Smith, but what Dave Smith is, is bringing in is it is going to be the person who steps in and says, well, Dave couldn't do it, but I'm the real deal. I'm the real deal. And all of these men that Matt is talking about who are going to become, the real problem is when people become disillusioned with Dave Smith because they got to go somewhere. Dave Smith is going to fail at this, okay? Because he's not being honest. He cannot deliver on the promise. And when he doesn't deliver on the promise, that creates disenchantment. And when they're disenchanted, there will be someone standing right there to re-enchant them. And it's happened over and over and over. From Go from Joseph Smith disenchanting people, who really is the, the core of the Mormons? Brigham Young, who steps in and says, ah, no, 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 no. Let's organize this. Sure, sure. Right? It's Lenin to Stalin. Right. Right? We've got Che Guevara to Fidel Castro. Right. You can this pattern is over and over and over and over again. And what 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 I think both Matt and I are saying is that the cost of this is much higher than people realize because they think what they're dealing with is the Libertarian Party Mises Caucus. That's not what you're dealing with. It's much as Matt said, it's much bigger than that. That's fair. I, I think that the reason I, I struggle to see the impact of disaffection after his failure is that I am so deeply disaffected. <laughs> I like, I look, I look at Dave's campaign potential run as a basically just one of many last shots that we've taken over the past, you know, 15 years to try and try and wake people up to the risks that they are in. And I don't, I don't like, so I just speaking for myself, like I am financially well off. I'm I'm, uh, I'm of the belief that I can weather and probably profit from what comes because I understand it better than most people. And you're how old? How old are you? I'm 38. Okay. We're not talking about you. Yeah. Well, right. And, and I think that's, we're that's not talking I, about you. <laughs> yeah. Th this is what I'm trying to get across is that like, I think the reason I'm, I'm failing to, I, I failed to put myself in the shoes of the younger men that may be looking up to him and listening to him. Uh, be, but I will say this though. I have never taken from any of my conversations with Dave that he's saying like, put your faith in me. I can fix this as much as he's saying, we need to wake more people up 
And if I get on a bigger platform, I can have a better chance at doing that. And that that is the sales pitch. So I don't see how people get so, so disillusioned from him saying, well, this is what I'm going to do. And then I'm not going to get elected. Like, where where is the lie there? I mean, it's not a lie. It's not a lie. That's again, that's not what is being said here. That's definitely not what I'm not being honest about it. So I, yeah, that, because he's not around. honest with it. He's not being honest because he's not even started to be honest with himself. Right. So, so dishonesty doesn't necessarily mean that, that you un, unex, an, an unexamined opinion is a dishonest opinion. Okay. okay. So like it's dishonesty, dishonesty in this regard is not to say that like he is, he, he knows one way and he's purposely choosing to do something different to deceive and get something. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is he has started down a path to saying something. He cannot. And, and I think Matt just brought it up that it's not. He's saying that there's a slim chance of something that. And the honest thing to say is there is zero chance. OK, it is. It, it is an M. In possibility, impossibility, impossibility. impossibility. Okay, yeah. impossibility. Yes, <laughs> this is the, this is uh, this is my uh, ghetto upbringing that's coming out right now. So <laughs> it, it is a, it is an absolute impossibility. Okay, and that just in and of itself, if he doesn't, if he believes that there's a slim chance, he's not being honest with himself, and therefore he is now speaking dishonestly. And if and if he actually, you know, if if he if he in either in either direction, right? Yeah. There there is a there is a level of dishonesty that is there. And it is it is not it is not necessarily that he is a bad person for being dishonest, right? I'm not making, and I don't think Matt is making either, and that's why his message has resonated with me. We are not making a moral argument here. We are not saying, I am not saying I am a better person than Dave Smith. I'm not saying Dave Smith is a bad person. I'm not making a moral argument. I am making an argument about how does a pattern unfold. When you have a flaw in a system, then that is going to, be, that is going to lead to corruption and failure of the system. Dishonesty of the type that we are pointing out is is a is a point where there will be corruption. Look at it as a body and look at it as a, a cut, an exposed open wound. Mm-hmm. And it is the dishonest, it is in the dishonesty that the infection will come in, and it is at the point of the dishonesty that the infection will spread to the entire body. That is what we are saying. Or at least it's what I am saying. I don't want to put sure. words into Matt's mouth. Yes. But it is very, very important that people hear this explicitly, that I am not saying Dave Smith is a bad person. Okay? I am not saying that. It, just like I said, a predator, if I say a predator, I'm not making a moral statement. I'm making a statement about, that, well, it's, it's an animal that is hunting another gazelle to eat it. That is a predator. Okay, well, it's it's a, it's a little bit of a moral claim when you're talking about someone being predatory towards their own species. I mean that. Well, but that, humans are predatory towards our own species. Like, we, who else do we prey against? Yeah, we're the well, baddest. We're the baddest predators on the planet, my brother. 
<laughs> true, like, true. I did you eat meat today? Yeah. Yeah. Did you? Okay. <laughs> well, our, our, your entire genetic and evolutionary history is as a predator, my friend. We put <laughs> monsters in cages, as Joe Rogan would say. <laughs> right, 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 right. We put monsters in cages <laughs> to watch them with our children while we eat popcorn. <laughs> That's how badass of predators we are. Okay. I get you. I get and you. we prey on each other like a mofo. Right. All day. Every day, those ads on your TV, that's predation. Mm -hmm. That politician speaking to you, that's predation. Mm -hmm. The cop that's rolling around on the street look, looking to give you a ticket, that's predation. No disagreement there. It's top to bottom. Right. But am I making a moral claim about it? Did I eat meat today? <laughs> Not today. I'm fat. Today is Orthodox. It's Friday for us. <laughs> right, 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 so right. I didn't eat meat today. Did I eat meat yesterday? Yes, I ate meat yesterday. <laughs> okay. So obviously I'm not going to say that, that a, a predator is immoral because sure. I, I do it. I eat meat. I got you. Right. Uh, so I, I, but I think it's important to, to present it that way that really what we're trying to lay out is to say this is not a novel pattern. Oh, sure. And we are trying to say there is an archetypal pattern that has played out through history. This is how this is the pattern. This is how it plays out. Do you want to be which part of this do you want to be on? We're not talking to Dave. Right. We're talking to the people that it's like, are you going to follow on this pattern and have the results that the people who have followed this pattern before have? Well, had? then I think I think the important uh, question slash distinction is, first off, <clears throat> is this pattern that significant and dangerous even with a third party run that has no chance of prevailing and then secondarily um what is what is the actual can you can you make it more explicit what what danger his followers if you want to put it in that terminology are are under yes absolutely so all the 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 worst tyrants always come from a third party that had no chance of winning you should understand that. Look back through history. The worst tyrants are all outsider parties. The Bolsheviks were outsider part were an outsider party. The Nazis were an outsider party. The fascists were an outsider party. Go down the list. Sure. Okay. Fidel Castro landed with what? 15 guys? That's an outside, that's an outsider party. Okay. So the the that's the first thing. <laughs> so you say, well, so. Yeah, that, that's, that's the sign of the threat, actually. <laughs> like, that's who you look for. Well, Why, though? There's no, a I, reason. I get, There's the, a I, reason. Get the, I get the fringe nature, but I mean, yes. we, start, we started off with the implication that they have no chance of getting any power. So why, why do you still envision No, they like have no chance of getting power through the Libertarian Party process, ah. through the current establishment process. So you see them turning into some sort of legitimate militia threat? Does, it doesn't even have to be a. It's it, like the way that things are gonna. So first off, I want to address your martyr martyr thing, yeah. so that just to, and it, I probably should have done it initially, but it's like just to let you know that it doesn't work that way anymore. Like the purpose of lining people up against the wall or sending them off to gulag is to silence their voices. Mm. The means of silencing your voice is much easier than that. They right. shut off your YouTube. They shut off all your social media. And now, as of yesterday, they've said, well, we can just seize any .com, .net, 
all of these domain names unilaterally, like they just did Whoa. with Press TV. I didn't read about that yet. Wow. Oh, yeah. The FBI made an announcement. Incredible. They said, we can unilaterally seize any .com, .net, .org, there's .tv, all of these, we can seize them. So they'll just unperson everybody who's a political dissident. Well, and, and think about how much easier it is. You know, technology, it's all about technology, man. So it's sure. like your martyrdom, you need to rethink your martyrdom. It's just, it's not, it's not going to be, that's a, that's a pipe dream. Mm-hmm. The you're, the you're going to Ruby Ridge it out. You ain't fired a shot, brother. They <laughs> locked it. They locked down the whole country. They didn't allow people to go to church. They made you wear a mask. They're going to now say you have to have a vaccine to buy and sell anything. You didn't fire a shot. True. I'm talking to all the gun. Well, if they ever come for a gun grab, why? They took everything that's your, else. That's your red line. They're right. never coming for the guns. They don't have to. They can shut you up forever without ever touching a gun or grabbing for a gun. Fair point. They don't yeah. want your guns. They want to shut you up. So nobody knows that any of these viewpoints exist. And this is, again, why you can't win if what you want is a mainstream platform. Because they can shut down your mainstream platform in a heartbeat. Gotcha. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So when that happens, this is the problem. Okay? Because there's a lot of disillusioned people about what's coming, about the censorship, about the depersoning. Mm -hmm. They are going to be looking for a leader who can channel their resentment, who can channel their disillusionment and their disenchantment. And that pattern has happened over and over and over again. And when it's young men who can't get laid, that turns into something very, very bad. And that's what we're trying to point out here. Gotcha. Matt, do you have anything to add there? Yeah, Dave is is embodying an archetype. And the archetype that he's embodying is corrupt. It is flawed. It is it is a deceitful archetype. And he's like 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 Vin or like uh, Cyprian here <laughs> pointed out, it's It's fine. You can do Vin. Yeah. It uh the he's he's like the forerunner kind of because I've I've never had any doubts that he is going to be very successful at taking over the LP. He's going to be very successful about making a lot of noise. He's going to be very successful about getting into mainstream platforms and delivering his message. He's going to be very successful with all those things, but it's not going to matter. So he's, 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 he's basically, and, and, and when I say him, I mean, he is the, he is the front man for the, for the energy. This is the way human beings organize themselves. The vast majority of people organize themselves behind a front man. Sure. That front man becomes the archetype for them. He becomes the one that they all, all identify with. And he goes on the hero's journey. So, and that's, and that's where that's the, the, the role that Dave is playing right now. You see him already. He's talking about how, you know, Oh, we need unity. We have to unite everything. We have to, this is his, his rhetoric is just going to have to escalate. He's going to have to promise more and more and get more and more impassioned. Because that's the role. This, this is like the fundamental criticism of democracy is that it, it, it's, it, it's an incentive structure that creates this type of person. And if you try to participate in that ritual, but think that you're going to be the one who transcends it, like that, that is 
the apple. That is the temptation. You are the one who can transcend it. You're the one who can embody that archetype, but you can do it better. Real and socialism so has never been tried. <laughs> right, right. He, so so he's, he's going to be, you, you could predict this now. He's going to have a massive rise. He's going to become very, very well. You're going to get the whole uh, intellectual dark web network of people are all going to throw their support behind him when it comes down to it. And there's going to be a huge fanfare over him. He's going to become very famous. And the process of doing that, in the process of doing that, he will embody the archetype more and more and more. Mm -hmm. And then his failure will disenchant people even more. It will increase their desperation. And because they went down that pathway, now they're going to, they're primed for the next pathway. And so my goal, and I assume Cyprian's goal as well, our goal is to try to persuade as many people as possible not to go down that pathway. It's going to happen. Don't follow it. Don't be one of the people who follows it because there's a better way. So what, real quick, the, you described it as a failure. I mean, many people could argue that Ron Paul's campaigns were a failure and yet he woke up a ton of people, including myself. Should I have Ron not? Paul is, Ron Paul is different. Ron Paul is completely different. Okay, because Ron, well, Ron Paul ran as a Republican. Okay, mm -hmm. so there was no, and he he also never said there's a slim chance of me winning. He Ron Paul was was came forward as a martyr, sacrificial lamb. He did not come forward as a leader. He still is a reluctant leader. He wasn't saying he wasn't saying that there should be a movement behind him. He wasn't talking about we need to have unity within our movement and we need we need to move like this and we need to move like that. He was saying there's some flaws in this thing in the current model. Okay? Like the current system I'm not trying to even change that it's Republicans and Democrats. I'm not trying to add a third party. I'm not trying to do any of these things when he had his rise, right? When Ron Paul had his rise. Yeah, I know. I'm just going to go up and say some things that people have never heard. Now, that's what woke you up. It woke right. me up, too, mm -hmm. by the way. Okay. Dave Smith has not said a damn thing that none of us have heard. Dave Smith has not said anything that anyone that listens to him has not heard before. So, so Ron Paul woke you up because he said things you'd never heard. And that is what everybody says about being woken up by Ron Paul at that time. Right. That is the universal vein what, where he says something on stage and you go, what, 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 what was that? And then you Google happened to you. Yep. Did that happen to you? Yes. Happened to me. Yeah. 100%. Happened to me. Okay. What has Dave Smith said? That no one has ever heard. Well, I, I would say that that to you, to you and I, like to those that have already been wake, woken up by Ron Paul, what Dave has to say may not come off as profound, but to people that have not heard the Ron Paul spiel from 12 years ago, I think it is pretty revelatory, no? Who, who runs across Dave Smith and hasn't heard anything about the Fed? I mean, we've been, Ron Paul woke the world up, brother. We're in the age of YouTube. There isn't... You, maybe you think Dave's uh, message is hitting people who aren't already in the choir. It's not. It's not. And, that, and as a matter of fact, that's exactly why he's saying he wants to have a mainstream platform. Mm. But what you're going to find out is he doesn't get to go on the mainstream. He's going to learn about what a mainstream platform is like. He's going to learn. 
You don't get to go and talk about the things that no one has ever heard. You don't get to do that on the biggest platforms on earth. You get to go and talk about, you get to go and give the same little elevator pitch to the lowest common denominator. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to matter what he wants to do because that's the nature of the beast. You're not allowed. You're not allowed to, to get outside of those bounds. If you want to be invited back again, Mm -hmm. And we already know, so it would be different if, this, if we knew that this guy didn't care, right? That if we knew, oh, he's just going to go for the one-time suicide bomber. He's going to go on there and make the most epic. He's going to be Kanye West stealing a mic or Kanye West saying, George Bush doesn't care about black people on the, <laughs> the Hurricane Katrina telethon. <laughs> Kanye, this is what I'm, but this is, this is what I'm saying. You know a Kanye, Kanye doesn't care. Kanye didn't want a bigger plat. He's not in this for a bigger platform. He's going to say whatever he wants to say. Dave Smith has said over and over that what he's after is growing his platform. Well, you can't grow your platform saying, saying outlandish things on the biggest platforms on earth. You grow your platform saying the, saying the thing that is just edgy. Right. Edgy. Yeah. I, I, think, I, mean, I, I think there's an argument to be had that, that perhaps – you can push that envelope further if you have enough fanfare a la Trump where you get to say shit that is not allowed to be said, really, but you are such a ratings driver that people will continue to bring you back. Um, so, you know, I, anyways. Uh, but, Matt, so how, I, what I would say you? here, yeah, what I would say here is that even if, even if he was able to go on there, say he was given an hour to talk to the country and deliver every single message he wants to in the most impassioned way possible, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't make a difference libertarianism is not unpopular because people haven't heard of it. It's unpopular because people have, and they don't, they've rejected it. They don't want it. It's not a matter of get more people involved, get more people interested. Like th th this is a, this is a whole libertarian thing is that this whole like majority thing, like rousing people up, big, big movements like that. It's, it's, it's a completely, it, it's another performative contradiction. The, again, if you go back and you read the Machiavellians and this, I mean, I understand political nerdery and people don't want people are more interested in, in, in populism, but in, in whatever big rousing message it is. But what Hill, what what Pareto will illustrate to you is that there is no the people rise up and overthrow the government and they 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 create a new government. It's elites moving against other elites and wielding the people as a weapon. And then they're they're doing it. They're, they're they're instantiating a system that's going to be that's going to suit their interests. Sure. And they'll tell you whatever you need to hear to to get that done. But that's how every single revolution goes. Notice it's called a revolution. You start here, you go around, and you get back here again. This is the nature of human societies. This is how humans organize themselves. So even even granting the point, even saying okay, yeah, well, he'll get on this platform and he'll be able to say all these things. He could get on the best platforms in the world and he could deliver the most hot liberty fire you could ever dream of. And it's not going to make a difference. And even in something you just said there, you said, well, maybe you can kind of nudge, nudge the envelope a little bit. So, so now what we're doing is in the same conversation, we're talking, we're, we're having a, a long in-depth breakdown of martyrdom and also talking about how we're going to do our big shot to move the needle a little bit. That's it. This is why I've said that this, this whole movement fundamentally underestimates the magnitude of the moment. And the significance of the beast that they're taking on, this this beast is a, it's like it's like either everything is desperate, this is our last shot, and things are things are going to hell in a handbasket, or it's 
well, it's valuable to throw all of our eggs in this basket to get them on there to move the to 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 move the Overton window just a little bit to, well, to yeah, just move I, the message I, along I, a little. Further. I don't see it as a binary choice. I think that that the situation is so dire that you need to do everything. And, and now you could make the argument that if you do everything, you're going to do it all poorly. Like, I get that, too. Well, you can't do everything. That's the first. That's the first part, right? You can't There's opportunity do costs. Well, yeah. yeah I, and, I, and I can't do everything, but Dave can run. I can get my family to greener pastures. We can, like, as a collective, we can do more things than I could do on my own. But I agree with you. Like, yeah, it's, it's not enough. It's not enough well, just to push the Well, but you can't win. But you can't win. That's the thing. Like, there's a reason why Dave Smith is saying correctly that there needs to be unity. There's a reason why he's saying that mm -hmm. because you can't, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> like, and, and, and this is a criticism of libertarianism and libertarian thought that Matt has been very, uh, I think articulate in explaining is that if what you want is to, even if what you want is to move the needle, which is a political needle that you're talking about moving, you're talking about moving a political needle. Mm -hmm. If what it is that you want is to move the needle, that is to change the way that the government behaves, you cannot show me any historical movement that has moved the needle that has not had a singleness of purpose. Hmm. Back in the early 2000s, man, I was, I was running in, in circles in LA of the early medical marijuana guys. You got to understand, you want to talk about some martyrs? These are people who had terminal illnesses, a lot of them HIV, cancer, all of these things. Underground, they're creating these underground networks to be able to get medical marijuana. Mm. They've got a singleness of purpose. It was their whole lives. Every single people who are for same sex marriage, whole life. The people who are, look, a Greta Thunberg, we may hate her, right? But it's like, every, it's, that's the only issue. Right. There is not another issue. There is not anything. And she will chastise you for even thinking about something different. It's not about, well, I'll do this one and you do this one. We could all do different. things. Yeah, you all do different things. You get nothing. So if what you're and this is the thing, I'm not suggesting. And this is where Matt and I disagree or, or, or we have a different approach. I'm not going to prescribe that you take a path toward power. I'm going to pres I'm going to prescribe something very different. OK, I think that that is I think that is a flaw, but it is an accurate. It is a, a proper prescription to get you what you are claiming that you want. You are claiming that you want something that can only be delivered from someone who has political power. The path that you are taking is not a path to political power. I am not suggesting that you take a path to political power. I, I my own personal prescription is. Don't that's the wrong thing to even want in the first place. But if you want it, what Matt has been articulating is absolutely correct. There is a path to power. If you want power, there's one path to we know what the path to power is. It's been used many, many times. This this thing that we're talking about with the Libertarian Party and the Mises Caucus and Dave Smith is not the path to power, period. Okay. Fair enough. Matt, go ahead and lay out the path to power for us. <laughs> it's I mean, it's wealth. It's wealth. And and uh, to me, when I say 
um, power, when we talk about power, I think that it's something similar has happened to power that has happened to liberty, that has happened to tyranny, where there, it isn't defined. You know, what, what is power? When you talk about, we kind of have this sense for it. We know, okay, well, we know what power is and we see it sort of. So it's kind of like porn. But the, 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 to me, when someone says, I want liberty, what they're saying is, I want power. They're saying, I want power over my own life. I want power over my own destiny. I want power over uh, what happens to me every day. That's what you're looking for. And right. the nature, the archetype of human organization is that people take their power and they cede it to one person or one network of uh, one, one cabal of people in return for promises of security and safety. And ultimately, power is synonymous with responsibility. You, you, when you say, I want power over my life, you say, I want to be responsible for my life. Sure. The vast majority of people don't want to be responsible for their life. They want to offload responsibility. And it just so happens that when you create a limited government, that's what you're doing. You're creating a pathway for offloading responsibility because whatever's limiting the government is the government. But now you're not looking at it. You're looking at the government. So, so there's if a limited government is an, is an incoherent statement. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, a conflict in terms. The thing that limits is the government. So if you want power, if you want liberty, you want power. You want to be able to control your life. Now, certain people are, are called, I believe, to, to take up the mantle of power for multiple people. And when you say that, it means I've taken responsibility for multiple people. I've been, I've been called to be responsible for looking out for the destiny of these people who don't want to be responsible for their own lives. They want me to be responsible for their lives. Okay. So in return, I, I, you know, I, I have to get some payment from them. They have to do something for me. So perhaps what it is, is that I say, I will protect your neighborhood. I will employ security officers who will protect your neighborhood. In return, you'll pay me money. And maybe it's maybe I will own that neighborhood, in fact. So not only will you pay me to protect your neighborhood, you'll pay me to live there. That, to me, is a king. You've just described the role of a king. And this dynamic is, is, is baked into humans genetically. Like, it's, it's like at the, at the, at the, below the level of DNA, this, this urge is baked into humans. It's just the, the, the evolutionary selection process for how human societies organize themselves. You wind up getting a single head, a single archetypal head that everybody else embodies. The common man all identify themselves with the elite and they want to be the elite. The elite drive the culture. Sure. The elite draw their, draw their inspiration from the fringes. So then you could say the fringes are the ones who drive the culture, but really the elites are the ones doing the selecting. Just like a woman is, is the one selecting for the man. So the woman controls the, the, the relationship. So, the, the, the path to power to me is the path to liberty. And when people say that, there's, that, that, that there should be no one in power, sh sure, that would be nice. But I don't see that as realistic. I don't think it's possible to not have someone in power. The question is, will the person in power be someone who is good or someone who is bad? Right. And saying, don't be involved in the pursuit of power to me sounds like let the person in power be bad, which is fine. I, think, I, I don't think that's wrong. I think it's, I think it's, I think both can be equally true simultaneously. The person who says, let whoever be in power, be in power and go about your business. That's the same thing as saying, well, if the taxes are high, make more money. It's just treated as a constant. 
And I think that certain people are going to be called to be put in those positions of responsibility and other people aren't. And that's ultimately, that's between them and God. That's, and that's not, some, that's not something for me to determine. But I'm, what I'm trying to do is describe this dynamic, that this is the nature of things. And then when you take this with the, the whole engineering liberty thing that I was talking about earlier, that, that liberty is something to be engineered, not something, it's not a moral question. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an engineering question. That means following this pattern that the future of the liberty movement is not in politics per se, particularly in electoral politics, because you have electoral politics and then you have lobbying. These are two different avenues of, of pursuing political action. Sure. But so when the future of the liberty movement is in business, education and entertainment, and the latter two are subsets of the former, because if you're in the business of education or entertainment, you're in a, you're, you're in the business, you're, you're engaged in business. Mm -hmm. So the, the, libertarians who say that they want liberty, say that they want power, what they're saying, what they don't realize, what they're saying is they want to be in business offering a product to other people that those people purchase from them. And in return, they take responsibility for those people. That's what it means to have liberty. Liberty is an obligation. It's a network of obligations. Liberty is responsibility. And there's this, the, we don't need to turn this into a free will debate necessarily, but this has been my realization about free will is that it's, it's, it doesn't exist, at least not the way that we conceive of it. Because you aren't born a blank slate with this, you could choose everything. It's not like you're playing a video game and you get to outfit your character. Even then you don't have free will. You have whatever the programmer gave you to choose from. You have a constrained set to choose from. You get to choose from within that set, but you don't determine the set. Same thing with our lives. We don't have all possible outcomes available to us. Mm -hmm. We have a constrained, a constrained set that's offered to us by something that exists outside of us and that, 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 that pre-exists us. And we get to choose from within that constrained set and we get to make the most of what we're going to do. So uh, the, 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 I think all of these conversations have all gotten bogged down in a fake reality. People, libertarians especially, but this is a Western society thing, they don't talk about the world as it is. They abstract it away into a hypothetical world and then like run simulations in that hypothetical world and decide, I like this simulation best, so I'm going to pretend that I live in that simulation. And there's a, there's a degree to which this becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because the way that you act creates your life. Like ultimately, you're a product of your choices. You're a product of your environment, but you choose your environment. However, you didn't choose your initial environment. You were thrown into your initial environment. That's Heidegger's thrownness. You're thrown into your initial environment and then you're imprinted upon by your culture around you. Mm -hmm. So those things, people say, well, there's no social contract. I didn't sign anything. When you were born, you were born into a network of obligations. That's part of being a human. You're obligated to your parents, number one. You're obligated to respect them and honor them and obey them. And that is, a, is, a, is an archetype of, of, or not an archetype, it's like the inverse, it's like the fractal, the, your relationship to God. Then you're, you have a relationship to your siblings. You have a relationship to your grandparents. You have a, you, or, or not a relationship, you have an obligation to them, to your siblings, to your grandparents, to your spouse. You are defined by your obligations to the society that you exist in. Those obligations define you. And if you are responsible, if you fulfill those obligations, you have the right to be rewarded accordingly. And that's the, those are the rights that you have. You aren't born with human rights. You are born with human obligations. If you fulfill those obligations, you will be rewarded. 
you have the right to be rewarded for them. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it there. Cause I can, I could go off into more <laughs> about, uh, uh, I could take it more, more esoteric than that, but I won't. So it, it's, it's a very interesting argument to come from what I think were two ANCAPs here. Uh, it, it seems as if you're arguing that anarchism is an impossibility. Am I misunderstanding? Well, I, you, so, so I'm going to, I'm going to build on, so this is, I, I will tell you, this is where Matt and I, I think diverge, but I have a feeling that, that um, if you talk with us in two or three years, we'll probably be closer to one another because I think that it's just keeping on going down the logical progression because the logical progression and what Western civilization is built on top of was the very brilliant revelation that no earthly king is going to do it. So like handing off to a king that's a, that no human being is worthy. This is, the, this is the underlying axiom of everything that Matt just said as a description is perfectly correct. And we are wired for, uh, to, for monarchy. We are wired to have a king. But that is a bug, not a feature. Right. So we are wired to have a king, but that wiring comes from a time when there were like 120 people in our world. Mm -hmm. Okay. It didn't come from a time when there was potentially a king that needed to rule over millions mm -hmm. because no human being is qualified to be that king. And this is the answer is that th that is why there is a, if you could find what we have is not an engineering, like Matt has said, we have an engineering problem. What I would say is what we have is a spiritual problem. That mm -hmm. what we've forgotten is that what our society is based upon, and this is where, you know, is anarchism possible? Is it possible to have no earthly ruler? It is. But what needs to happen? Everybody needs to be, it's, and this is why, you know, the beginning of my book, the introduction, I say Bitcoin gave me a better understanding of God. It's because here we have a system where there is no central authority, but everyone is relying on the authority of mathematical truth the, of God, of the rules of creation that are unbreakable, that no one can break. Mm -hmm. And so the end of this, the logical progression is, if you want no earthly ruler because no ruler is worthy and every ruler will end up being corrupt, your only choice is to have a ruler who supersedes all of that, that every, and then to have a system whereby every single human being in existence can actually communicate with that ruler, find out what that ruler wants, be a part of that system themselves, and then as they move through their world, have a system whereby they can judge their actions as though they were being told by a king. And thus, two people who have never met each other can come together and be in consensus about literally everything in reality without ever them having been under the same king. This is how you get the civilization that we have. By the way, that's the technology. The technology is, and that's the reason why these trads, these trad Catholics are like, we got to go back to the Latin mass. So everybody, so, so you imagine, what does that look like? A Ugandan, a Brazilian, and a, 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 you know, a, some sort of a, 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 a German, all 20 years old, all get together. They've all been raised in devout, traditional Latin Catholic 
or Orthodox households, they all get together and they have the exact same worldview, having never met each other, having not speaking each other's language, having not being a part of the same local culture, any of that. And they can move forward in a more, they can do business together. They can trade together. They can form a government together. They have no worry about living together with one another's families. Any of those things. Mm -hmm. Because no earthly king. And it can't, and it's not a system, and it's not the cont, it's not the vessel. Because I think that that's where you start. You start like, whoa, this Christianity thing is really powerful. And you're like, start looking at the vessel. And you're going to see a lot of trad Catholics are doing that. Oh, it's this thing about the church. And we're going to go do Eucharistic adoration. And we're going to go do this. And we're going to do all these little things that are the form. And it's like, no, it's not about Christianity. It's about Christ. Go talk to the king for real. Meet the king for real. To the point where you're like, oh, no, this is all real. (laughs) They're really, God really did come down. There really was a guy. He really said these things. He really rose from the dead in the body because I just met him. And then when I had a little bit of doubt, something happened in my life that was an absolute miracle that took the doubt away. And then it happened again. And then it happened again. And then it happened again. And then this led to this. And wait, why was this right after I prayed? Like, why is this? And 2,000 years of the smartest people in the world having those experiences, that's the answer. So is it, is it impossible to have atheism without a theistic monoculture? Like you would have to have, yeah, you have to bootstrap it. Obviously you have to, you can't bootstrap atheism. If there's no the, theism, you can't have the, you can't have the negation of something that doesn't exist. The thing has to every, exist to have a negation. Oh, I'm sorry. Every I, atheist say atheist? Is... I, I, I meant to say anarchistic. If I said atheistic, my, my oh. mistake. <laughs> well, you can't have, if anarch, if an, you can have no earthly ruler, Okay, it is possible to have no earthly ruler, but it's not possible to have no ruler. Oh, interesting. All right. So you because we're wired because we're wired for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we don't have it. We don't. So here's the thing. If you don't pick the most high, you will. You are a slave to something. Yes. Like you don't have a choice of servitude or not servitude. That's the choice. That's this is where libertarians are wrong. And even I was wrong in the past. You don't have the choice to be free. You will be a slave. The only thing you can choose is your master. That's it. And if you, if you are ignorant and you simply refuse to choose, a, or you simply refuse to choose a master, you will be a slave to your passions. Mm. You'll be assigned and the a master. Pa- and the passions are gods. And the ancients understood them as gods. And they understood that the only way to get those passions out of you, and they understand this in AA, read the 12 steps. It's an exorcism program. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's just that the God that inhabits the alcoholic God is a weak, low God. It can be exercised by just about any God. That's why they (laughs) say, just pick a higher power. It doesn't matter. Just pick one because it's so weak that you can exercise (laughs) it with any higher power, pick Buddha, pick whatever, but the one that exercises them all. And this is emergent because had it not exercised them all, it wouldn't have taken over the world. The proof is in the pudding. Mm-hmm. It's not that it was better to start with. It was equal on the battlefield to start with, but it took them all over, including the Roman gods, including the Norse gods, name the God. It exercised them from the society. Mm-hmm. So who do you follow? Who's the most high? It's right there. So go, to, go, 
that's that's going to be your ruling. That's the only choice you've got. Matt, hop in here. I know you got a lot to say about this. <laughs> my my buddy, Popular Liberty, likes to say that every human being has a God King shaped hole in their heart, and that it 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 will be filled. You'll fill it with a I, this this oh yes this this slavery thing <laughs> that that got me going when he said that because this this occurred to me recently this 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 ties into the free will thing this is the free will thing that you there is no there is no freedom you aren't free you are not an individually autonomous self-directed actor you are enslaved you are born into slavery you are enslaved to something and this is where the freedom that you get orwellian the freedom is slavery and the slavery is freedom the this is the christian message is that you are born into slavery and you can be free from that slavery, but you, the, the process of being freed from that slavery is making a lifelong obligation to your true master, to use the, that terminology. And this was much clearer in, in ancient times. Like in ancient, this was one of the reasons why slavery persisted as long as it did in the form that it did, because they said, you, if you just free these people, then they're going to be cast aside. No one's going to, like, nobody's going to vouch for them. They're, they don't have someone. People be like, I'm not doing business with you. Who, who, who do you represent? Which, which, which clan do you represent? Which family? Which group vouches for you? Nobody vouches for you? We're not touching you. We can't trust you. This, so this, that made this dynamic much clearer back then. And it's been muddied through, this is part of the, what I consider the failure of the Enlightenment. This is, this is the, the failure of Western rationalism, is that it muddied this water by creating this, this imaginary belief that human beings are self-directed autonomous individuals that, 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 that are capable of free will, that have this conception of free will that, we've, that we have and that that's how they operate. It, it muddies all of this water. Human beings are natural slaves. We are born into slavery, enslaved to one thing or another. And you get to choose what your, your, who your master is. But it just so happens that the reason that you're choosing, the, 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 the ability that you have to choose is given to you by that master because he is drawing you away. He's drawing you to himself. And if you'll let go of the wheel and, and let him draw you, then you, you will be freed from all others that enslaved you. But now you are now, an, you are now part of his household right. in the same sense that these the people were before. And so that, that brings with it the requirement that you comport yourself in specific ways because you are now a representative. You are now his face to everyone else. And yeah. everyone else, when they transact with you, they're transacting with him. Gotcha. Do you think that you both sought out libertarianism because you were avoiding God? Like you were, you were so adamant that you weren't going to have a master that you ended up in the ANCAP libertarian space? Uh, not for, for me, it was it was the inconsistencies of the state more than anything. Yeah. And I think that that's what it is for most people, right? That it's like, um, but it's, the, also, it's also a desire to not have a master though. Like, no, I think it's, but it's, for, it's well, not for me, for me, not. for me, not for you guys. So, so I think, but the question, it's not about the reason why we have the desire to not have a master is because if you look at our entire society as it stands, well, what, it, you know, master means teacher. That's what it means, right? Maestro, it's teacher. So when, so often the Bible, uh, in the King James Version, it'll be translated as master. And in other, like, more modern versions, that same 
those same passages will be translated as teacher when the apostles are, are speaking to, um, to, to Christ. And so the problem that we have is that our system, you know, when we used to have an apprentice model, right? So when people used to learn by apprenticeships or, or, or mentorships, and you had to move through a guild, you're a carpenter, you're going to be apprenticed to someone, you know, you're basically a, a servant, um, you know, if you were an artist in the Renaissance period and you were, you know, going to go and work with Da Vinci uh, as an app- artist apprentice, in that early going, you're you're a servant. Sure, yeah. you're a slave. You that's that's uh, you know, I mean, I I had the experience of going in and uh, I lived in a dojo in my early twenties, and I was what's called an uchideshi, a living Kyokushin student. Yep. You're lower than low. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if 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 your sensei says jump. You say how high and you do it. Right. You mop and the so, floors, you do all the dirty work. Yeah. But, but what is the reward? Because, you're, because I, what I knew was my sensei was that for Masoyama, the greatest karate master that, that ever lived. Right. And I saw photos and videos of my sensei there as a young man, as I was a young man, sweating through and being treated in the same way that I was. And then I looked at my sensei. Mm-hmm. And this is the, this is the same understand. This is tradition. Yeah. And so what we have is how you like, I never had the idea of, I don't want to have a master because I had had righteous masters. Uh, right. What I so saw you was a righteous master. That was yes, 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 yes. Mm. I have no problem with authority. Clearly, I have no problem with authority. I'm an Orthodox Christian. <laughs> right? like, the authority doesn't get higher than that. Okay. Sure. But that's, I, that's a relatively new development. So that's why I was asking. Well, but it's, but I mean, you don't become something. It's, it's, this is, you can see the path. Mm. Right. And, and like what I'm saying is that like the problem is not authority. And this is something that a lot of ANCAPs have wrong. That like all authority is bad. Well, if you believe that, I feel bad for the traumatic life that you've led, mm-hmm. that you you probably haven't didn't have a very good or attentive father to start out with, I would say, if you're a man and that's the case, that you're just like, I don't want any authority over me. Right? Even from the standpoint of my father, right? And my stepfather, both of them, you know, while they had their flaws, I fe- felt righteous authority toward them. Right. right. I was willing to to be as and they taught me so much, both of them, you know, actively and actively apprenticed me. And then I was able to go on and have business mentors and the whole nine. So it's like the it's not about it's not about going away from God. As a matter of fact, for me, and I think for I would hope for a lot of people who approach this righteously, it's looking and saying this is the the system that we have that people are bowing to as their authority is the most is so in contravention of God of the God that they even profess to be based. Upon. And I think this is, I mean, Matt can speak to this more because he's again, articulated this aspect very well. And I also agree with him. Go read dominion by Tom Holland. That's a, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's a game changer, but, th- but this is people need to get the people who think that it's like, Oh, I don't want to have any, any master and are throwing their lot behind Dave Smith. Mm-hmm. Need to stop, back <laughs> up, and do a little self-reflection. Sure. Do a little self, especially in the way that Matt just described. Your master is the person that you carry water for, right? Literally and figuratively, 
Your master is the person who, if you see them disparaged in public, you step up to defend. Mm. That is that is your master. Well, I just like I just what, did what, it on Twitter I, two days ago, so I, I apparently I have a master, and his name is Dave Smith. <laughs> well, the, the, but this is the most important thing to start out to realize. Go read the twelve steps. That's the first thing that you have to admit that you have a master. Mm. The very first thing that you admit in the twelve step program is you have a master. If you can't identify who's who's pulling the strings, how do you cut the strings? Mm-hmm. If you can't identify that there are strings. And this is the big, this is the big deception that you know libertarianism has, and why it's so ripe to be to be completely taken over by a demagogue. Mm. Because here you have somebody pulling all these people's strings, and they're like, "We don't have strings. That's the reason why I'm following. That's why I'm letting these strings be pulled." <laughs> Think about it, man. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> that, when that you let, said, "Yeah, go for it." When you asked that question about. Uh, uh, about the, like the desire, was it the desire not to have a master that, that got us into this? My response to that is nobody has a desire not to have a master. It's an, it's a fundamental human trait to desire a master because of the, the, the position into which we, the, the position that we exist in, sure. like metaphysically speaking, I think, we're like I think it, I, that God King shaped hole. I think what I mean by it is that I took, I took, who would be my teacher? Who would be my master? I took that very seriously from a very young age. I was like, I will have no one who I can't look up to as righteous will, will have anything to say about my life. Like, that's how I look at the state. That's how I look at any, any improper, immoral hierarchy that creates, that, that is concocted. Those are the things that I rail against and I have from a very young age. So I think that's more of what I was trying to say. But anyways. So, so yeah. So the desire is not to have no master. The desire right. is to have a good master. Right. That's what people are looking for. That's why people don't like the state. That's why people don't like corporations. That's why people don't like anybody who's in a position of power who's abusing their authority. Because we, we baked into us, we have this understanding that authority brings with it responsibility. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a position of authority, you must act according to your responsibilities. And if you don't, there's something wrong with that. Like people's spidey sense goes off because, of, because it's, so, it's so true. It's so true that you can feel how true it is. And that authority is inevitable. There is going to be authority. But what's interesting is if you look through the Bible, the God, the Christian God, the Most High, constantly is commanding his people to respect the authority. It's, it's throughout the Bible. You think about the Apostle Paul. When he was talking about, when he wrote Romans 13, and he talked about respecting the governing authorities, do you know who was the emperor of Rome at the time? No. It was Caligula. Oh, wow. It was in the context of Caligula that he was writing about respect the authorities, because wow. if you won't respect the governing authorities over you, even if they're corrupt, then you won't recognize God and respect him because you don't understand that dynamic of authority. You don't understand that that is the order upon which reality exists is natural hierarchies with people with with various positions of authority and according responsibility to them. Every single uh, created being has is is identified by their duty. They're identified by their responsibility. There's multiple different angels. Angel, the word angel is actually a subset of a category. Of, it's, it's one category of a broader set of angels. They're they're all different levels. You have the seraphim, the cherubim. You have all different levels of them. They are all identified by their role, by their responsibility. 
This is how the this is how the created order functions. Every single thing has its has its place, has its order, and and order is not a static thing. Order is not um uh, is not uh, rigid by definition. Something that's like if you build if you if you create a building, and it isn't flexible, it goes down It'll at the fall. first the first shake. Right. So order by definition has to be flexible. Order is a process. It's an emergent process. And it requires people, the, it requires the, the, its constituents to recognize their role within that system and, and, and fulfill their role faithfully. And to him who fulfills his role, more will be given. And he who fulfills the most will be given the most. This is, and this is just, when, like, a lot of people have heard this as just kind of like their pastor saying it or something. But this is like a, this is like a, a scientific description of reality. Right. When you read the Bible, we, like, we, we're suffering from too much of the Bible. We're, we're suffering from having been, been drowned in Christianity because we exist in Christianity. The people calling yourself an atheist is saying, I'm a Christian. Describing the secular is saying, I'm a Christian. Read, read Tom Holland read Dominion by Tom Holland to get that. But Christianity is the water that we are swimming in. If one fish swims up to the other and he says, he says, man, water's warm today. And the other one says, what's water? That's Christianity for us. We exist within this Christian superstructure. And each of us has our responsibility to play within that. Your responsibility is to fulfill the obligations that have been put in front of you. And if you fulfill those obligations, you'll be given more. The Bible is a, is, a, is a manual for hacking reality. It's a manual for hacking the fabric of reality. It's, it's not some, now that's, like, Now that's vain. how you fucking sell something, brother. <laughs> that, well, but, the, but, but at the same time, at the same time, this is where, this is where you have to be very careful. Yes. Because he's, because he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. Um, but it's like, and I, I, I would advise... As people, because I think people will be like, oh, this is interesting. There's going to be a lot of people that are hearing some things that they haven't necessarily thought about. For sure. And I would say before you start this, you should read the Grand Inquisitor chapter from The Brothers Karamazov by Dostoevsky. And you should read that because so basically what happens, what happens is it's a story that's being told by, by uh, Ivan, one of the brothers, to his, his brother Alyosha, who's becoming a monk. It's kind of said in a cynical way. He's telling a story of Christ coming back to Seville, Spain, and performing miracles, including raising the dead, the day after a hundred uh, apostates have been killed by the uh, Grand Inquisitor burned at the stake. And the Grand Inquisitor goes and arrests Christ, sticks him in jail comes in in the middle of the night and basically it's the rant the Grand Inquisitor has to Christ about how um, Christ failed, the church actually did the things that it's, it's all about power, right? And it's absolutely right. So it's like, there's no way to prevent this, okay? So like Christianity is the next thing. This is what you should understand. Like we're here doing this and we're playing a role. Like the... The demagogue that comes is going to do this in the name of Christ. I'm telling you right now, okay? They're going to be front, either, they're going to have participate in this trad Catholic thing. I don't know if maybe they'll claim Orthodox. It'll be one or the other, okay? This next movement that's coming, because this is the only rock to stand on in the flood. It's been the rock, okay? And this has happened many, many, many times. And so you have to be very careful 
because there is this question about where do the obligations come from, all right? And yes, you should obey the obligations, but people should know, anybody hearing this, the obligations, you need to hear the obligations from God. This is going to be really hard for a lot of people. Yeah. Very, very hard for them. Especially, Especially those that have no liberty. relationship. Yes. Yeah. And what your relationship, if you're an American or a Westerner and in a Protestant context, you're even understanding that you can have a relationship like this. Protestants see, ortho, when they start to understand orthodoxy a little bit, they're like, what is that pagan stuff? <laughs> like, what is it? What is all this go? This is pagan. They're like, this is no, it's like, which this is a is, profound irony. This is the real deal. This is how people actually talk to God. The stuff that you're doing is a cargo cult, right? If you're going to your non-denominational evangelical, that's a cargo cult. This is the vehicle for acts. This is the actual airplane to get on an airplane, go over here and sit down and talk with Christ. And to actually see miraculous things happen in your life. Okay. That's what it's made. That's what the Orthodox church is built to do. And so like, go get your obligations from Christ. And you'll follow the obligations to the church because the obligations to the church, in terms of the things that you should be doing, your fasting, your liturgical practices, your prayer rule, all of those things, you follow those because that's the airplay. It's not there arbitrarily to control you. It's an emergent ritual practice of going and talking to God and actually receiving instructions about what you should do in your life and being blessed and mercy being showered on you and your family. And the proof is in the pudding because it took over the world. Mm-hmm. No, I, that I, practice I, took over the world. Yeah, no, I, so took that I just want people to be very careful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because there's going to come a lot of people in the coming years who are going to tell you where your obligations come from. And you need to see, did they get that from God? And if they're telling you that you have an obligation to do something and that obligation is not go talk to God yourself and get the answer yourself, they didn't get it from God. Mm. That's a fair point. Yeah, no, I think that's an important one. Um, Matt, I wanted to get one kind of closing thought. I've already kept you guys for two hours. I really appreciate your time. Um, What is it? Is it your belief that we should just be buying politicians? Is that is it as simple as that? (laughs) depends what do you want i want power matt we've already talked about (laughs) we already we already clarified exactly what i'm looking for here i want the power to be left the fuck alone i mean that's the truth but um you know i am not a i'm not averse to power i would like the hierarchy to be more honorable and and righteous than it is um but i realize that i may be fighting a losing battle here so i'm not i'm open uh but I, i really i just would like to not have to um you know, see a really totalitarian, tyrannical existence in my lifetime. And I'm, I'm railing against that, I guess. Let me create a kind of like a thought exercise here. So, so imagine hypothetically that you built up this big community of people that were all um, super wealthy. All these people are all super wealthy. They're all hardcore dedicated um, agorists for just, just an easy example. They all decide we want to pool together our wealth and we want to purchase an island. And we want to use this island as our home, and we want to practice whatever we want to practice on this island. That island belongs to 
some organization, some corporate state somewhere. So if you want to purchase that island, you have to purchase it from someone. Mm -hmm. So you have to give your money to someone to get that island. Mm -hmm. That's how I want people to think about this process, that if, if your goal is to be left alone, if your goal is to practice the life that you want to practice, then do the things that will make that possible. Right. Taking over the LP and shouting in the Fed won't make that possible. That won't bring about the life that you want. There's natural consequences from actions. And the natural consequences from those actions will be something other than giving you a place to, to, to practice the life that you want to practice. So if you have gotten yourself into a position where you, you, know, you founded a company somewhere and your goal is, is, is you know, whatever your goal is, to sell a product to somebody, to, to you know, real estate or you know, whatever it is. And if in the course of pursuing that project, you come across a point where you have to pay a toll to get something done, to accomplish something. If there's a politician who's made it his, his goal that he's going to destroy your industry, and there's another politician who, if elected, won't destroy your industry. Vote, give, give money to the, the campaign of the guy who won't destroy your industry. Mm -hmm. But this is not like an ideological thing, like, oh, I'm going to get involved in politics because this is my ideological motivation. It's a pragmatic thing. Politics is just, ANCAPs in particular, but libertarians in general, have deified politics more than anybody else on the planet. They've made it this, this holy, sacred cow. That there's, there's a saying that, I don't remember who it was that said it, but he said that, uh, that every atheist is dragging around the corpse of a dead God he doesn't believe in. That's libertarians' relationship to the state. They are bound by the state. They have made, the, the average person doesn't give a shit about their, they're like, whatever, I voted for someone and I'm going to move on with my life. <laughs> it's libertarians that, make, that have deified voting, that have said this is a sacred act. And if you voted, you, you support all these people and you support bombing brown kids and all that. That's... You didn't vote. You went in and you made a tick mark on something and put it into a machine. <laughs> that's not special. That's a, that's a little thing. What else are you doing with the rest of your life? Sure, sure. So if you have to participate in the political process to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish, then, then do so. But whatever you're trying to accomplish, that's what matters. Is that, are you fulfilling your obligation by pursuing that goal? Yes. And well, if, I if paying off the politician to get that done, that's, that's, that's the way, that's the nature of the game. That's the nature of reality. That's the system that you live in right. where getting something done involves having to pay off the, the local authorities. And, and that's, I don't that's think the way I want people to think about it. Yeah. I don't think there's anything inherently unprincipled with that. I mean, you, you're working within the system that exists. You're still fighting against it to try and get as much freedom as you can for you and your people in the meantime. And uh, I think that, I mean, you guys have given me a ton to think about, so I, I just want to double down on saying I really appreciate it. Um, every time I, I listen to you guys, I learn a lot, and I think the audience will as well. Uh, Vin, would you care to add any closing comments? I don't want to cut you off if you have anything else. I, I, I don't have a ton. Um, I, do, I do want to say again that the point here for me in agreeing to do this is not to come on and cause drama and, and, and bash somebody mm -hmm. it's, it is to give a, a point of view to individuals and give them something more to think about of what role do they want to play? Sure. Because everybody right now is playing a role in, in what's coming next. And so 
now you have a chance. I, I want people to have the information so that they could get a, a broader idea of what is going on and know that like the names and faces change, but this game has been going on for a very, very, very long time and play a role like, and understand what role you're playing. Be conscious, be a conscious being. I mean, that's what the waking up is all about. Yep. And I hope that people actually figure out that it's like, oh, I wasn't awake. Mm-hmm. Like now I am really awake mm-hmm. because what we want is really awake people. And it only takes a few, man. Like that's the, that's, that's a message you should take away from Matt as well is that it's like, it's never going to be the majority. Right. You only need to wake up a tiny, tiny few to really wake them up to change everything in the world, man. Jesus had 12, <laughs> 12. Okay. Yep. Changed everything. Well, let me, let me double down on, on your, statement that this is not about causing drama i i don't personally care about any sort of disagreement that you've had with dave i i contrary to my willingness to carry his water and treat him as a master i do not deify the man i i just i kind of look at him as a friend but also as a tool in this fight and that's how i viewed it from the the jump is that i'm trying to move the ball down the field and i am open to differences of opinion. I mean, this is why I had you guys on, even though you're probably two of his biggest detractors is that I find the counter arguments compelling. I do. Um, and that's, this is not performative. Uh, this is sincere. Like I, I genuinely find your guys' world uh, worldviews very eye-opening and interesting. And I think that it adds a lot to the, to the conversation, whether or not I end up in your camp and I become an Orthodox Christian or not. I think that it's a, it's an important thing to, uh, to I'm not, by the way, I, I am not, there is no, this, it is not a, uh, evangelizing. Yes. This faith. is not a conversion camp. <laughs> no, but it's, uh, but, uh, hopefully I can lead by examples so that people can see some positive things in my life and at least be curious. Yes. Exactly. To, to, to drop, to drop down the rabbit hole and do it for real. You know what I mean? But I am not trying to, I am not suggesting that more people need to be orthodox. Okay. Oh, no, I'm not no suggesting problem. that. No problem. I, I, I never take it that way. You guys are actually great about it. But I think because it's so obvious how, how embedded in it, in you, it has become both of you. Um, it makes it like, I have to look into this further. And I feel like that's how, that's why my show has had some success is because I feel the same level of, of um, passion and commitment to what I'm doing as I see in the two of you, you know, whether or not I am following the most high or not, I, I have a very similar uh, feeling about it. So um, anyways, I, I really want to thank you guys once again. Uh, please go check out uh, at Real King Pilled for uh, Matt and co-host of Wolf Power Influence with Jason Stapleton and the host of King Pilled. And then we got Cyprian, a.k.a. Ben Armani at CounterMarkets, who's the co-founder of BitcoinMysterySchool.com as an instructor. Uh, anything else you guys would like to tell the people before we get out of here? Nope, that's it. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. I will try and get this up tonight. Really appreciate it. Boy, was that a fun one or what? If you made it through all of that, that means that you are a genuine ride-or-die Liberty Lockdown fan. And you know the best way to show that? You go to LibertyLockdownPodcast.com and you pick up some of our merch. That's what you do. If you want to support the show, that's the best way to do it. I haven't been putting my hand out for anything. This is just a way to spread the message about the show. If you think there's value in this, please go to libertylockdownpodcast.com. Click on the merch tab. We've got some new killer shirt designs uh, from my boy Top Lobster. 
It's a cartoon version of my face with my beanie. It says Liberty Lockdown and cool graphics. It's on the front of the shirt. So it's a conversation starter. It'll get people to ask you, what the hell is that? And then you can tell them, hey, you want to get red-pilled, bro? Here, take this. <laughs> Big shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweet from your phone. Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne. If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home. The virus you're scared of will come and it'll go. The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe. Like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening. Scared Hollywood left these lyrical feppin' A typo with Luke might bring the nooses. We all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses. Freckles and Brit didn't know I could spit. Knew I was a patriot, but now I'm the shit. Peter Quinones, invite me on Which podcaster sends custom songs Part of the problem, now I stand with the people Dave showed the way, but I am unequal Lions of Liberty, now hear me roar Beat running up, but I got a bit more Robbie the Fire, always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich, now I'm man of the house No malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit I went over BLM with the fire I spit Friends against government just call us fags Copy the Cairo, put mummies in the bag Liable opinions get thrown on the ground Silky's Mouton was the only sound Getting so hot must be air July Screaming in the mic and rip for 59 Miles to ratio that black guns matter Now all these lefties got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war but we're ready You know I be bopping and rock steady Liberty lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home The virus you're scared of will come and it'll go The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe